Wardcast episode 198. Go! I'm Dylan and we're back at Wardcast HQ, back from the E to the 3. And I'm joined by Alex Damarath. Hello. And also, nobody. Crickets. Nobody. We're joined Chirping. by no one else. Absolute silence. The void is here, the atten- staring back into us. <laughs> the attendance rate needs to be addressed, guys. <laughs> um, Alex, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. Had a cool couple weeks off from the old podcasting. Sure. I don't know how long it's been. How long has it been? Like uh, two, three weeks. Two or three, yeah, something like that. We had one at the beginning of the month, right? What's well, like, June? So yeah, beginning of the month would have been right before E three, and that's the one you weren't on that one. So yeah, this is my first one for June. Hey, welcome to June. Hi, <laughs> it's good to be here. It's, we're happy to have you, Alex. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about this, but E three happened. I what? <laughs> <laughs> is this big? Is this a big deal? Well, it's so the ESA thing is this some kind of nerd thing. Yeah. Okay. It's this really huge nerd thing that no one likes. Let's talk about it. Sure. You were watching back home, back here. Yes. And I was there. I I might have have caught a few press conferences. I was in it. Some recaps. I sat in LAX on that Monday and watched the, the Bethesda one. No, the Ubisoft one live from the comfort of a chair inside the los angeles international airport i didn't realize you got there so late i thought you were there for like all of them no i i flew in monday morning gotcha wow all right yeah um so you caught ubisoft and square and nintendo yes. Square like as I mean, much i as... wasn't there physically like at the press conference sure sure yeah sorry uh, I, i'm i'm using that in a very like figurative imaginative dylan was there i was kind there of way. Yeah, yeah i was though. near i could <laughs> i could hunt down john barenthal inside the city and find him <laughs> if you were if you were sneaky enough you could have like poked your head through the doors and like right seen, seen some things happen live i uh but yeah i i downloaded to to my phone the bethesda one watched that at like five o'clock in the morning very nice in an airport and then when i landed i watched the the ubisoft one and then me and khalif did all of our stuff on monday um and then watched the square one and i it was like my laptop to my right and then khalif was sitting on the opposite side of the room mm-hmm. or the opposite side of the table and i would look at something an announcement be made on the Square press conference, look over at Cleef and see no expression whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> like completely stone faced during that entire uh, Avengers teaser demo thing. Yeah, you know, that's the correct reaction, probably. Oh, man. Well, we can uh, get into it. Yeah. Let's tackle this stuff. Real, real quick, Cleef. Cleef Adams. Spawn on me? Of Spawn on me. Very cool. Uh, we did our collab couch special. Um, the uh, previous three episodes. Um, we're all E3 stuff, so half of our stuff is on uh, our feed. Half of the stuff's on the the Spawn on Me feed. Um, we had some great interviews. We had Tim Schaefer, Robin Hunnicky, Kelly Wallach. We had Dante Douglas. We had Harris Foster. We had Adam and Becca Saltzman from Finji. Um, a lot of great people. I heard Tim Schaefer made your day. I was pretty. I was pretty stoked <laughs> to to have 
Inter- interviewed Tim Schafer at my first E3. Excellent get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and coming right off of the, the heels of his important news. Right. That we'll get into. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and we talked a lot about that. And you should go check out that interview. Um, but let's, let's start. We're going to do this kind of in chronological order. Um, obviously, in E3, post-E3 episodes past, I have the hubris has taken over me. And I've tried to do every bit of every press conference. Mm-hmm. And no more. We're gonna we're gonna try to hit the highlights, things that we're excited about at the press conferences. The, the good chunks, the good the good stuff, the yeah. good bits. The, so the quality cuts. So obviously we're not talking about so. the Volver at all. We're just gonna completely <laughs> gloss over that. So let's start with uh, obviously the biggest uh, show, uh, uh, Sony. You know, was uh, <laughs> <laughs> made it had a big presence. Yeah, there the, apparently I, I didn't spend much time on the show floor. Like basically all those recordings that we did on the show floor was my only time there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ba- I I walked by Guigi. I said hello to Guigi. Nice. Um, but uh, apparently where Sony's booth normally is, it was just like a big open area. It was like a pop-up bar, basically. It was just like a, you know, cash wow. bar. All right. And just a kind of lounge cash area. Cash bar? How dare they? Oh, come on. It's a conference. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you're only paying $1,000 for these industry passes mm-hmm. um, if you're paying for them, which don't pay for an E3 pass. Just register for one um yeah all right well let's let's start from the beginning yeah ea ea started ea okay ea played some video games um right basically i mean they had a short list we kind of went over it last time um sims was on there what else was on uh Star Wars, FIFA, Mad. Well, I'm trying to say everything, okay. everything, everything other than, other Star, than Wars. Star Wars first. Like um, Star Wars was like the only thing. So that, here's the thing: I don't remember anything else that yeah, they showed. That's the same. <laughs> like, so last episode, um, Joe and Nelson and myself also kind of felt like that public demo they showed mm-hmm. did not exactly light the world on fire. No, I don't think it was like amazing, amazing. There's a couple things that definitely caught my eye, and like, okay, that's on the right track. Uh, but yeah, definitely want to see some more before my hype sort of grows back. Sure. Um, I liked being able to pull a stormtrooper into his own blaster bolt. Yeah. Freeze the blaster. Yeah. Pull them. That tire stop power actually looks suck and I want to see more of it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good, good start I on think, a unique I think the mechanic. Th- the thing for me with that stuff is that I feel like Star Wars games, specifically Star Wars games where you play a Jedi are super terrible at like communicating scale of your abilities because you have something with force unleashed and yeah dudes pulling star destroyers out of the sky and right. all bunch of shit and then you have i don't know jedi knight like, i i i haven't played many star wars games so I mean, in, in star wars canon the force is kind of like an unknowable like how powerful can this get the sort of with thing. you Huh? The force is with you. Of course. That's what I've heard. Yes. The force is all is and also with you. <laughs> um uh, <laughs> uh you've we have seen uh canonically things like Yoda pulling like starships, like getting them to crash together. Mm-hmm. Uh so like like some of that is all possible. And of course Force Unleashed, kind of their whole idea with that game was in the title, they wanted to see how far they could push um the strength the powers the capabilities of someone wielding Mm -hmm. the force um all weirdly mashed into the canon um just because skywalker is always supposed to be the most powerful um the skywalker line and the fact that this this darth uh 
guy that Vader Darth guy Darth guy I don't remember I never what Star Killer is that Star Killer yeah yeah um and and suddenly like he shows up and is like oh well you can do even cooler things yeah I guess somehow I think the part where I always like that cinematic cutscene where it's just it, it's just you see Vader in profile mm-hmm. and then the camera slowly pans backwards and it's him like hitting a wall and breaking through it and then mm. he breaks through another wall and another wall and another wall and it's just seeing him being like thrown. 50 feet through like eight walls and then it like pans back around and it's star killer who's like as a kid has thrown him yeah there's some cool stuff there um but but i mean like my problem with that is just that like it kind of breaks any sort of stakes like when sure. you're when you're an all-powerful space samurai man let me tell you about eu luke for like oh yeah a half minute that that guy just broke every rule for for no goddamn reason there's mm-hmm. a EU absorbed all the midi chlorians out of the planet. Basically, just, mm. uh, yeah. EU, there's a there's a villain called the Uzan Vong who show. I've up. heard about that. Um, yes. they're very nasty and dangerous, particularly because they are completely force insensitive. Uh, meaning like like the force does not affect them. There's nothing they can do. Uh, and like Luke perfects a form of 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 he he takes the concept of sith lightning and makes like a jedi version called white lightning called white lightning and uh and then they start calling luke skywalker white lightning <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's his nickname and 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 there's just like it's the uzan vaughn and he just like vaporizes a squadron of them with just white lightning even though they're not supposed to like be able to be affected by that sort of thing it's just like what are you even at this point some kind of god i guess so Skywalkers, man. They're, how the hell? Fucking this fucking Skywalkers. Native. But this isn't Skywalker. This is Cal this is, this is Kestis. Cal Kestis. Is that his name? Yeah. So ginger that, bastard with a lightsaber. Ginger bastard. Yeah. So they showed that video mm-hmm. during EA Play, and apparently, and it didn't like. It looked very rote. It didn't light up the room for um, sure. But apparently, the behind closed doors demo. Mm-hmm. That they you would take press appointments for was much better. Oh, raising the question: Why didn't they just show this? Um, uh, a lot of uh, comparisons of Dark Souls keep getting thrown around. Huh. Okay. Um, it looks closer to like God of War combat, which right? I, I was th- into. I think the Dark Souls comparison comes in through the meticulousness of the combat. Okay. So um, I was listening to the Waypoint podcast, and Austin Walker was talking about how. There are they they plopped him into a gray box room mm-hmm. before they like let him do like the the structured mission. Sure. And the gray box room, they basically just did like a wave based battle arena, and that there are basically the game is super centered around combat puzzles. Mm. So like a single stormtrooper, not that threatening, but if you had like three stormtroopers and like one of those inquisitors and uh, like an atst like then you have to start like maneuvering around an environment and like countering because like some right. people are affect more affected by the the force powers or like like uh joe mentioned how like in that trailer that they showed publicly like there's a part where cal tries force pulling one of the inquisitors and he has that like lightning his his stun baton he'll, he'll you know like yeah if he tries that he stabs the ground and yeah. then like hits you yeah there's like all sorts of counters and balances there and, right and yeah that looks really fascinating and that's why i thought god of war actually so it sounds like that's sort yeah. of reinforcing but there's it a, a stamina, little bit there's a stamina bar 
Oh, is there? Yeah. So like you, I didn't notice you that. break posture with other enemies. Okay. So um, I noticed there's like some flashy ex- executions too. So yeah, probably. There's also dismemberment. Right. So I guess they're making a big deal about making dismemberment a real thing. Yeah, which is interesting because I was reading something recently about how Disney is like very apparently like with the Star Wars brand. They're like trying to be like anti dismemberment. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, they always want all their stuff to be appealing towards kids too. Right. Yeah. It's the Mickey Mouse company. Sure. It's the House of Mouse. I don't know. Maybe that's an option or something, or maybe I read it weirdly. I mean, in, in, the, in the demo they showed, there was no dismemberment. Like he would, right. he, he would cut through a stormtrooper, and it would, and it just, would just be, be like, like a, a slash. Yeah, like a, with a, like a, a burn. Um, but apparently, like there is actual dismemberment. I don't know. It's, we'll it's, see. It's weird the uh, the the demo they chose to show people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they just weren't like they were afraid of like overpromising, or I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, also, very briefly, uh, want to mention I saw Vince Sampella for like the briefest of moments at the uh, the the Giant Bomb okay night show. Um, so I went over there and I was gonna watch some of the stuff. And Jeff from Giant Bomb was interviewing Vince Sampella and two other developers from Respawn. Mm-hmm. And Vince Sampella, like as a as a dude, kind of has he he has. He gives off a certain flair. Like he seem, he always seems a little awkward on stage. Yeah. Like there's that, you know. I've noticed. There's that f- infamous interview uh, from the EA press conference last year where Andrea Renee like interviewed him. He was like, yes, the game is called Jedi Fallen Order. It's like, thank you. Thank I you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Vince, <laughs> for that wonderful. Uh, it's a great way to announce your 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 Star Wars games title. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, he, obviously, he like he's a good dude. He just yeah. he seems like a very awkward guy. <laughs> did they did they do the 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 Apex Legends announcements at this one, or was that later? That after, was like, like Ubisoft? It, no, it was uh, no, they did it there. Okay. Um, the Watson, the new character, she's like a female, right? Like scientist. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, built yeah. the arena with right. her dad. Oh, I didn't know that much. So. Yeah, yeah. They showed off her whole story trailer. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know they implied that they she built the arena. Yes. Uh her dad was like the original engineer and she worked on yeah. it with him. Yeah. Um but so anyways, so they're interviewing Vince. Right, okay. And we're in like the green room because there's a big like divider separating the two rooms from where <laughs> they interview. Like you can go in there and watch in the back, or there's just a room with like food and drink and you can talk to people. So their segment ends. Mm-hmm. Door slides open and Vince Sampella walks out. Now, granted, when I got there, Vince's segment was the first segment of the night, mm-hmm. and I came into the green room, and no one was there. It was me and Adria Wallach and her boyfriend. Okay. And no one was there yet. So, obviously, when Vince and his developers had gotten there, no one had been there either. So, when the door slides open after the end of his segment, and it had been like an hour since they started, <laughs> there's like 12, 15 people in this room, all chit-chatting. Vince Pella just looks around and goes... Wow! <laughs> Look at all these people. <laughs> what? I don't like this. Is the man that made Call of Duty Modern Warfare, <laughs> left Activision, <laughs> went and made Titanfall One and Two, and is impressed by a room of twelve strangers. This is incredible. What, what a guy! What a man! <laughs> I just got such a kick out of that that whole interaction. Um, I can see that. I like it. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was good. It added it added a lot to my Vince Sampella 
head cannon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so that's EA. I mean, Star Wars was the kind of the big uh, showstopper. A little bit, a little bit of Apex Legends. I just, bit, I'm excited. I need to get back into it. I just got to say, I thought it was funny. Um, in Titanfall 2, my favorite weapon to to play in the multiplayer is the L Star, and mm-hmm. I was thinking like they'll never add it to Apex Legends because in Titanfall 2 it has infinite ammo, and now they're adding it to Apex Legends, but they gave it limited ammo. <gasps> hmm. How does that work? Hmm. How does that work? I mean, I don't know. It's it's a and in Titanfall two, it's like a like a LMG that you can't keep firing because it's going to overheat. Okay. And if it overheats too much, it's got like a five second long reload where you have to like swap out components and yeah. repair it in oh, the okay. field. So it's like a very um, it's it's got a high risk for like a good reward if you're like good at the control. You know, making sure you know you don't hold it down too long. Um, and I, you know, I love it because it's like one of the only energy weapons in the game. I like the really cool sci-fi lasery stuff. Um, when you're holding it, it's got lots of like spinning bits in it, and like sure. steam coming off of it. It clicks and it whirs and it hisses, and it's just like I love engineering in a, in a sense. It's like watching that in my hand as a player. It's like that was my favorite gun in the whole game. Uh, never thought it would make it to Apex Legends, uh, just because infinite ammo sort of goes against the whole battle royale design um but now it is and uh it seems like they traded uh it's like really high damage it's like two shots to kill anybody whereas in titanfall 2 it was maybe three um and they gave it an ammo pool but it seems like it can't reload like it's it when you pick it up it has a really high ammo pool but once it's spent it's done yeah um is it like a legendary tier yes it only shows up in care packages okay that's cool yeah that's interesting yeah the the lmgs in that game i enjoy using uh one brief one last thing about the ea press conference um adam sessler's uh consultancy firm spike trap did like a a analysis of the uh the ea all the ea streams Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um just like the number of people that watched you know peak viewer counts all that kind of stuff uh they did a uh a topped mention games, the three top mentioned games in the chat for each uh, game segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, top three games mentioned. Apex Legends, Skate 4, Sekiro. Hold on. For the Apex Legends segment, top three games mentioned. Skate 4, Fortnite, Battlefield 5. The Battlefield 5 segment, top three games mentioned. Skate 4, FIFA 2020, Apex Legends. So what we're getting at is EA, give the people what they want. Give them Skate 4. Yeah, like, wow, who are these Skate 4 stands, like, showing up and just... <laughs> it's it's kind of built off of a running joke. I'm not going to explain the running joke right now. I'll okay. tell you off air. But let's move on. Microsoft. Yeah. The uh the the heir apparent the the people the 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 show people wanted to come see this was Microsoft's E3 to win or lose right still up in the air whether or not they won or lost it they did a good job um, I, I I think they are a solid second place after the dust settled mm-hmm. okay uh, all right I can I can I I was very I enjoyed most of that press conference and mm-hmm. then really fizzled out at the end yeah starting off Outer Worlds. Uh, I was going to say Bethesda. Obsidian's new game, uh, the Fallout-like. It still looks like it's got a lot of the Gamebryo jank. Yeah. And it's got the, it's got the portrait, the, the, 
the dialogue mode zoom into the God face. I love it. Right. I love that shit. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. That that's like it, it's it's not one of the things that made, that turned me off of Fallout, but it's one of the things that since I am turned off of Fallout, I can't stand anymore. Yeah, like, I know you, <laughs> you, you Fallout hater. You, yeah, Bethesda creation engine hater. I. Is I'm excited it, to play. So apparently this game's not going to be as long as like the Fallout okay. or your Fallout New Vegas. Like it's a much smaller in scope game. Um, it's kind of taking some of the, the, the flavors. There's a lot of uh, it's 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 very like this. So the theming of it is that you're this this person that was on a ship, and you uh, were like a um, a colonizer mm-hmm. uh, being sent to like a distant star system. And like something goes wrong where like either like your cryostasis like doesn't like disengage or something. So you like wake up like a century later or something. Yeah. Very fallout in that way. But yeah. like you come to this like basically the, uh, uh, you know, outer rim civilization where basically all the planets are run by these corporations. And basically the corporations have made everything, uh, they, they they're in control of everything there's like an aristocracy in control and they're like aware like everything works in some sort of order because either things are controlled by this these corporations this board mm-hmm. that they refer to or they're outside the control of the board but they're basically just these chaotic like outer regions uh backwater things that are like owned by raiders and all this shit and then the the corporations try to influence them influence the raiders and do this kind of stuff okay so basically you are the uh the unknown variable being introduced to this whole thing so like you have yeah that's exactly how they introduce you right yeah yeah um and so you like can can either work for the corporations or against corporations or do all this kind of stuff or you know do it kind of piecemeal where it's like hey on this certain on this certain world or in this certain mission i'm going to be pro corp and then this other mission going to be anti-corp seems really cool i mean obviously it's like very heavily influenced by obsidian's work on fall at new vegas mm-hmm. um i don't know i'm excited i'm excited to play a game that's more fallout 3 fallout new vegas e than what fallout 4 was yeah because even though i enjoyed fallout 4 there is a lot left wanting in that entry and it's coming out reasonably soon yeah it's coming out in october yeah i i, I think out of everything that i have played of fallout new vegas was easily one of the better experiences right um and i like obsidian enough that i'm like i'm willing to give it a shot i just i you know i don't like the shooting you don't like the jank yeah i think i mean i know you're a very like shooter like i don't know if purist is the right word but yes you like a good feeling shooter yeah i think you need to not view this game as a shooter sure shooting is involved (laughs) it's a first person perspective but it's an rpg right and i think like i mean you know this i mean you're a designer like mm-hmm. i'm just it's it's i don't know i'm i'm able to forgive so much because they can build such a fleshed out world and they're very good at that and i'm just yeah. and even me i have trepidations with this because a lot of this feels very borderlands e like like there's a lot here that like yeah is well-trodden territory it's like mm-hmm. okay we have kind of like a retro futurist like sci-fi space varying this vibe. humor has been done before a lot and yeah. sort of feels like the think geek era of <laughs> of rest in peace rest in peace think geek uh <laughs> 
of just like nerd culture or it's yeah. like lol look at my backpack it's got like a cake is a lie joke on it and i don't think it's gonna be that memey but it's no it's, sure it's a lot of like cheeky like poking fun at, at stuff um and i mean they've done it well with with new vegas but it's there, there are parts of new vegas that play it very serious and straight laced mm-hmm. and those parts make the humor juxtaposed um, I thought New Vegas better. did it fairly well. Um, yeah, there's Fisto, the robot. Everyone loves Fisto, the robot. <laughs> you retrieve for the for the guy that runs that that uh, brothel. Great mission. Yeah, um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 curious. I'm the the fact that it's smaller in scope might be interesting. It seems good. Yeah, moving on. Bleeding Edge. I'm fairly excited for this one. When I saw gameplay footage of this game, I got more excited for it. Which is funny because all I've read about like demo impressions are that it's kind of lackluster so far. Oh, well, I didn't need get... some more some more work. Oh, okay. But... I didn't get my hands on it. I stood behind someone and watched them play, but at the very least the tactileness of the combat was there. Yeah, it looks if... good. I don't know if you remember Battle Cry, that game that that uh Bethesda subsidiary was making so before bethesda gameworks austin which made fallout 76 mm-hmm. before they made 76 they were battle cry studios and they were making a game called battle cry which was basically like a game like this it was a third person um team-based multiplayer uh melee focused combat game like mm-hmm. arena-based combat game and i was like oh i i've always wanted to play one of these like for honor is really cool um yeah all these other games but like I would see gameplay footage and two characters would like run up to each other and they would hit each other, but they wouldn't react to one another. So it was right. that very like World of Warcraft or MMO feel where it's like, oh, I'm not actively like blocking the other person. Basically, our our attacks have to be asynchronous for, I don't know, however they built their system. Right. So it's like I'm hitting you and you're hitting me and maybe I'll put up like a buff that's like a general shield or parry buff. Mm-hmm. I'm not actively blocking an attack that's coming in it's just going to automatically block something as it comes in right um so it's a lot it's a lot less twitch based i'm like ah it's not really for me but i saw some gameplay footage of this and it looked it it was that it was the like hey i'm actively attacking you you're actively attacking me and we have to that for honor style of like parrying and reposting i'm i'm mostly real excited for just how nutty these characters are and how like they're 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 not i know there's like a, a subset of of maybe like a cringiness to it like how far they're going yeah but i feel like i'm i'm ready for it to get weird i'm ready for things to be weird and I I'm, guess. and i'm and i'm i'm real into like i saw so much positive reaction among my friend group and my social circles around stuff like buttercup being like sure. an actually large woman right and and uh, there's like a much older lady character as yes. well. Um, it's just like how did how did Bleeding Edge have like more varied female character designs than Overwatch? You know, right? You know, it's like <laughs> and and that's that's a great point. I think what I enjoy about uh, Overwatch over the designs of this game is mm-hmm. that Overwatch, at the very least, like oh, you know, Overwatch's designs are silly. Like you got like a basically a dude that's a dwarf yeah and then he's an engineer and he has a huge thick accent and then you have like you know so you have a gorilla mm-hmm. um but there's a a sense of 
what's the word I'm looking for? You the, seem like there's a non-conformity between them, or not not consistent. Well, so so like Bleeding Edge has like a wicked dude style to it, whereas Overwatch yeah. has this very like yeah, like whereas Overwatch is like the Pixar of of the multiplayer yeah. games. It has this very like optimistic and bright and like um, joyous vibe to it. And then you have you look over at Bleeding and Edge. Somewhere in the middle of those two, we get Jet Set Radio. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jet Set Radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just wasn't sold on the dude who like I don't even know what the fuck was the guy. It was like Nid Her or is it like Nid the Hog? guy. Yeah. Like N- like like Nid Her. Yeah. He had the, like a, the Viking guy whose like mouth splits yeah, open. Yeah. He has and like a flamethrower. Yeah. Into, I was like, this is so fucking dumb. Man, I, I love that. I just, just I saw I saw his mouth doing that, and I was like what i can't get wild what that doesn't make me feel anything for that character all it makes feel is like okay they thought that was a cool character design yeah so you can start there like um, like what is a fucking like uh what is a like character trailer for that dude like like is it like a super like sad (laughs) like tragic backstory of like oh i used to be a human like fully human and then like a tragic app accident befell me and now i have to live with this you know flamethrower in my mouth they all seem kind of optimistic in a way and i'm wondering if there's going to be like some sort of talk about you know body modification in the far future Mm. which is something that kind of fascinates me uh already uh just on principle um we've talked about this uh he's you see in like footage he's got a guitar too so he seems like some kind of like kiss inspired black metal rocker guy with like a flamethrower i'm into that yeah, I like, just, like I, I just, I'm so, I'm not, I'm not at a point where it's like you can't just sell me on just like splashes of color and just like bravado. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be something behind it. Like you have to be like selling me some sort of charm or like, uh, like essence. Like they're like, what is like if the character is just like a, a representation of like, oh, we like metal and we like you know the Scandinavia and we like this shit. And we like flamethrowers and like okay, but. Wait, why would I care? Why would I care? Like, I'm going to turn the game off and never think about that character again. I think it has to start with you getting sucked into the character design. And if you don't, then, yeah, that's going to be a problem. But to me, Overwatch like, did not start from that point. Overwatch you, started... You from, feel like it didn't? No, because, like, the first trailer they ever showed of Overwatch was that one with a kid in the, the museum. Sure. And Tracer and Winston show up, and they have the fight with Reaper and, and whoever. And, like, that was a very... That was like no. These are these are characters. These are people. These aren't like representations of like oh how cool it would be if we had X Y or Z. Like they bet they did a better job of selling the game on story and the very get go. And I would argue that was a problem actually. Like it set sure. Overwatch up to yeah. fail because now everyone wants story from it and they're like and there's, scrambling. There's to, not much. Yeah. Um. So I think maybe the focus of bleeding edge being more about like cool character designs and color and, 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 and confetti is, is kind of fine. I know it's just between, it it felt very borderlandsy to me and Mm. you know, we're going to keep using borderlands as a punching bag, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Pitchford, even though I'm not sorry. (laughs) Fuck you, Randy Pitchford. Uh, Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry, (laughs) but I don't know. I mean, the second this, I mean, I saw some of the gameplay and I was like, all right, well, it doesn't matter because gameplay looks fun. Like, yeah, if they're just selling me on a very mechanical focus with like cool designs, it's like, all right, I'll play the character I want to play and mm-hmm. whatever. But it just it felt it felt hollow to me that they just started with these characters that I felt nothing for. I think the Tinker character 
was really cool. She was like the, the oh, like the one that gets the, girl, the, the sort of she has the bear suit. Yeah, like, I thought that was cool. Yeah, like like that that seemed like a, a character. Like you look at her and you're like, oh, she has a backstory. Mm-hmm. But you look at like El Bastardo, or you look at the the metal dude, and you're like, no, that's just like a, that's just like a really cool character design that you made. I you know it's a. I think there's room for a story within there, even if you can't see it immediately. Um, I, I'm, maybe, I'm hopeful. Maybe, yeah. I, I think the second I get my hands on that game and it's super fun to play, all my complaints in that department will be less important. Yeah. Because that's not the thrust of the game. It's just, if you're going sh- to sell me this game on a character trailer, a lot of those characters I felt nothing for. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. Hope we'll have fun. to wait and see. Technical Alpha, June twenty seventh. Yeah, hope it's fun. I wonder if you can sign up for that or how that works. Uh, yeah, we'll look that up. Um, Cyberpunk. So there's a lot of news here. There's a, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, let's go over the fun thing first. Keanu Reeves was there. <laughs> Keanu Reeves showed up. Uh, he shouted. Someone shouted at him. What did he say? So uh, Keanu Reeves said, "Like the game is breathtaking." Oh, someone and, in the audience went, "You're breathtaking," right. and Canary shot back, "Like you're breathtaking, you're all breathtaking." It was just this this great moment that definitely goes down in in like E3 history, at least for this one. Um, it was just like you know, great genuine moment of right. of, of player connection. There was someone someone made an observation of how like uh, E3 press conferences traditionally tried to have like celebrity spokespeople mm-hmm. and always kind of like went kind of bad yeah um because it doesn't ever feel like super genuine right because like you know they come up and they don't really know the games that they're talking about and they're just kind of they're, they're emceeing like something that they just got paid to show and up to for. be fair it didn't seem like Keanu knew a whole lot about what he was talking no, but about he was excited to be there but he, he was really excited yeah. yeah he wasn't like trying to run the the press conference he was just like hey <laughs> i'm in this game here you go there's um there, there's there's like you know he was up there and he might have been like a little stage friday i'm not sure how much he's done in front of like a huge audience well, honestly sure plenty like with press junkets and red carpet shit like i'm okay yeah probably more than i'm than i'm assuming but it's still just like it's it's not the exact same experience right. and, and like he goes up there and also, he's, like, he's in a band so he's performed oh, that's fair in yeah, front of people right, so it's probably not at, like state good. fairs and shit so this makes it kind of weird that he was sort of like cyberpunk 27 is a futuristic 27 2077 <laughs> is a beautiful futuristic sci-fi world cyberpunk 2077 is like exactly how he said it yeah you know and he's, he's like channeling some of his uh what's his character in toy story 4 it's, uh, uh duke kaboom oh yeah man have you seen that yet no i have not seen I that either yeah. <laughs> yeah uh yeah, so he seemed like he was he was kind of figuring out as he went along which i don't know it seemed to work out for him yeah oh, well so like but the thing that was pointed out was how mm-hmm. um he so because he has you know worked with press and because he's a celebrity like mm-hmm. he's he's used to people like interjecting or like trying to like you know reach out to him yeah so the guy shouting you're breathtaking he could bounce off of that really easily because he's like okay i've i've dealt with either hecklers or like super like excitable fans before right whereas you know the more and more public e3 becomes the more and more you're going to get people shouting in these pressers. Yeah. And a lot of these devs don't know how to handle it. The Bethesda one in particular was really cringy because there was yeah. one guy that just kept kept shouting. Screaming. 
And none of the designers just like these, you know, kind of, I'm a boring white dude game designer. And you see some boring white dude game designers go up there and be like, so here's our game. And the guy going like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, like weak thumbs up. And then, like, trying trying to look back at the teleprompter and like keep yeah. doing his thing because, hey, I don't want to be here for a very long time, mm-hmm. so let me get through my thing. Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, so Keanu came up after they showed they showed a first trailer, right? Because they did the trailer. At the with, end of the trailer, they revealed Keanu's character. Yeah, he's, and then he shows up, Johnny Silverhand, right? Um, and then they cut to Keanu, and then Keanu pointed back to the screen. They played a second. I don't even remember what was the second thing. They show a second trailer. The release date. Is that all they showed? That was it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is April 16th, 2020. Yeah. So, obviously, so we kind of talked about this uh, a little while ago about how, like, the Cyberpunk Twitter account said a very transphobic joke. And the, then the, the, the good old games. Both Twitter. of them. Wait, what? Yeah, there were two. Because What is... So, so the, the Cyberpunk one once replied to someone... Uh, like a year ago with like a did you assume my gender joke i thought that was gog no the gog one um i don't remember but they were I, there were two separate instances uh, I, trust me on this I, I i did the research on this okay there's a gog instance right. I trust there's you. a cyberpunk instance um the gog one was like the 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 <laughs> The fucking Apache helicopter joke that keeps going around, like I identify as an attack helicopter thing. Oh, right? I don't, I don't remember. I thought because I remember. I have the link right here. It, okay, I have an article. All right, I I have an article because the GOG social media manager got fired for All like right, so three got, separate strikes. Yeah, in relation to these incidents on Twitter, and I thought they were like all the GOG guy. So the Gog one use the hashtag won't be erased right uh which was one instance of the gog account specifically yeah the gog account then also tweeted a picture of like a first person perspective of someone pissing on a grave and the grave said games journalism right then the cyberpunk did the did you just assume their gender shitty transphobic joke man all right so obviously like the greater part of cd project red has had problems with shitty in particular transphobia and and we can say not just not in cd project red but cd project like the owner of both of these is that not what i said that's what i meant yeah cd project yeah um that owns both gog and cd project red right um and i know in the past that like we kind of i want to apologize because i felt like i was giving kind of like a uh a pass on the way that they've acted when we were talking about the difference between, uh, you know, the, the social media manager making an action and that being reflective of, of the company. I mean, I, I believe that like, no matter what a, a employee does, like the, the company still has to take responsibility for it because they have, they, they, they hired that person. They should have, they should have known like how they would act, especially if they're in a front facing position. To be fair, I felt like I might've spearheaded that opinion as well. So yeah, um, I mean, I think we I'll, both kind of misstep, that in there. and I think it's, I think it's th- this whole thing's shitty. Like yeah. CD Projekt is not has not been very good about both making actions that make people of the uh, transgender community welcome into being a part of their their games communities, and they're also not good about apologizing it because in both of these instances, like they had pretty 
lackluster apologies. They've since mm-hmm. removed the GOG guy. Yes. Um, at the very least. I'm not sure about what they did about the Cyberpunk one. Not sure. But it, it just it creates this 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 position that they don't seem to care. Um and so we're going you're going into Cyberpunk with this. And I mean, like, and you can you can stretch that stuff back. Like, I mean, Witcher Three. I really enjoyed Witcher Three, but the Witcher Three also has a very like poor view on women. A lot of the women in that game are very like poorly characterized, in in my opinion, and like the 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 roles they play. Um, I never played a whole lot of it, but I can see what you mean. I mean, they yeah. they they have like very at sometimes very strong female characters with like Yennefer and and such, but like. Mm-hmm. There's there, in a lot of instances, the women in that game play towards the male gaze and play as like only there for Geralt's interest. Yeah, um, all the romantic subplots. Right. Um. Also, a lack of you know people of color in the Witcher games and and similar problems. And so we're going into E3 with that, and then out comes this picture from this concept art or not concept art. Some this um. This was Nvidia. Right, there was like an Nvidia demo, right? Uh, show off like the RTX lighting in an area, and there is a poster, like a digital poster on a wall, uh, that someone like zoomed into, and it's a poster. It's advertised for like an energy drink, right? Right. And it says "Mix it up," and it's a uh, transgender woman as mm-hmm. the model, um, with a very large package. Yeah. Um, and. So it went into this whole thing about they interviewed the artist. The artist was there, and they they're talking to her, and she was talking about the 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 point of it was they they she thought that body was was attractive. There were some mixed messages, right? She talked about how like the corporations run everything, right, and that they they you know the transgender community is a large uh, market segment for them so they advertise using transgender models within the within the game and and i was seeing that as sort of like a oh that's sort of a relation to how you know uh, uh i say i don't know youtube for one is being like on the outward like hey we're with you guys but like inward being a very anti-transgender sure. like like they like, like you know in world that kind of makes sense but doesn't work in the context of like CD all this other Project, stuff they're doing you are yeah. not in a the position the optics are very bad yes like like she can have the best of intentions mm-hmm. that's fine but she has to realize that this is not a, a good place to do that right because <laughs> like and i want to make it clear like this isn't a subject that affects alex and i directly yeah because we're two white cis heterosexual men but i mean i have seen colleagues bring this up in the issues of this and for whatever small ass platform i have i'm going to take the time and address it Mm -hmm. because it's important that people feel like they're welcome in this community in this industry but like when when you have all this problematic stuff with like all the the twitter accounts and stuff and then like the only representation representation of a transgender person you have in your game so far is this very over-sexualized, fetishistic representation that's not like, hey, we have representation. That's like, mm-hmm. no, that's like, that's almost, that's fetishism. Yeah. You're not treating that person as a human. You're not treating that person as like a welcomed individual. You're treating, it's almost the same issue, but in reverse. Like, it's like, oh, 
we accept these people, but only in these very confined views of like hypersexualization. Mm-hmm. And if members of the transgender community don't meet those those specific criteria, then we don't. They're still not welcome. And it's also it's not satire of big corporations like using a marginalized group and oversexualizing them. That's not that's not that's not a satire of the advertising industry's use of oversexualization to sell products like it's not you're just you're just reiterating you're reinforcing the stereotype but then also using a marginalized group to do it so well think a little harder hmm yeah that's that's just because i feel like cyberpunk the 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 board game the entire theme of that is that you know corporations are bad and doing horrible things to marginalized groups like Sure, but also the board game in itself and its systems mm-hmm. marginalizes those groups. That's true. So there's like a humanity like score. Yeah. And the more that you like this is- change your body, the less humanity you have. Mm-hmm. So like they could be true to the game and still be fucking up. Right. Like absolutely. Like I'm I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I am saying like that is a core theme that they are probably still trying to hit. Right. Um in some ways. And I mean, in Mike Pondsmith, who's the designer, is like giving a sign off on like, because people are bringing up issues with like the, the demo. Yeah, yeah. With like the voodoo boys, the animals, which are two like mm-hmm. gangs that are in the city. And I want to say I felt like that was fair of him yeah. to, to come out and say like, you know, you don't get to tell me what's offensive when I'm a black man and have lived through this stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> um, but I still think the transgender stuff is that's awful. Is pretty, pretty fucked up. And now they're yeah. saying that they're going to put transgender like character creation options in the game which which what, is a little what does that mean so and, that just like just make the character creator non-gender specific like just like you don't need to change anything about the character creator outside of like adding pronouns it's, but like it's a little yeah it's a little too little too late and also like all you needed to do was add pronouns you and know. take off the the gender option sure like i mean because like well i mean some Say like a, a a transgender player might want to make their character, you know, the gender that they are, and and so like the gendered option should still be there, but just make sure the pronoun option is there. Well, you my, don't have to do like a whole lot extra. My point is, if they have if they have gender, if if the character creator has both has already character creator options on the gender binary, mm-hmm. then that means that you have character creation options for everyone. You see what I mean? I see what you mean. So, like, basically, any option that exists for, like, a person's body, just don't lock it to a specific gender. Mm-hmm. And, like, look, you have a character creator that's open transgender people. Yeah. It's like, like this 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 kind of thing could be done so easily from the beginning, and it feels too little too late. You know, you're, you're, you're doing it in response to and not because you felt like it was important from the get-go. Right. So, like, we know the character in the game has a name, V. So if they do say put pronoun options in, do they have to go back and re-record all those lines? Do they mm. have to change quest systems? Are they literally like maybe they're locking quest options behind what the person's gender is? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that mean for a gender fluid character? Like, I, all <laughs> all questions that I mean. To be fair, I can't think of another mainstream video game that has answered. And I don't think we're gonna get all of it out of cyberpunk. It's it's just 
definitely something we need to work for and push towards. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh and we didn't even get into like the the you know, the labor rate stuff with CD Project Red. Mm-hmm. It's like who knows like what kind of crunch they might have to go through if they need to implement some of these changes or like the 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 boss at CD Project Red has said that they won't have to crunch, but I mean, you know, won't have to isn't the same as <laughs> April's coming up. It's yeah. sooner than you think. Well, I just want to say part of me is still very interested in this game and i want to be optimistic Mm -hmm. for it but this i i the same way i played witcher 3 and said some of the female representation in this game is fucked up yeah i could still play cyberpunk and say some of the (laughs) lots of things in this game a lot of stuff is fucked fucked up. up i i as a huge huge deus ex fan watching gameplay of this of of cyberpunk making me real excited it just looks like more deus ex in a different universe and and it's really bumming me out yeah i mean you look at the car like the car has very blade runner-esque vibes it like Mm -hmm. it looks like Mm -hmm. they like slavishly like just looked over all the the things that cyberpunk inspired and and what came out of like what is what what is the the cyberpunk canon and and try to to emulate all that stuff and, and while at the same time making its own thing. Yeah. And you know, you just you want you want to make sure the people the developers that took all that time, their hard work isn't being undermined by poor decisions. Yes. At the top. Moving on. Spirit Fair looks real pretty. Looks really cool. So Microsoft does all of its game. They don't they're not on the show floor. They do all of their booths in the Microsoft Theater, mm-hmm. which is literally the theater that did the press conference in. Gotcha. Because they own that theater. That fucking Lego McLaren still right there, and there are a bunch of lines for like all the different games. <laughs> and we're like, let's check out Spirit Fairer. And we stood there for like three minutes, and we're being very impatient because <laughs> someone was legitimately playing the demo. We're mm-hmm. watching it, and we're like, yes, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel like standing around waiting for a game. It looks real pretty. It looks cool. Yeah. I, I want to check out more of it. Um, there's a battle. There's more battle toads coming. More battle toads. You can now ask GameStop for battle toads. I like that art. Wait, wait, what? Is that a joke? <laughs> Is that a meme? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that joke. Oh, um, it was like an old, old, early days of the internet prank. Uh, I think it was actually. I'm pretty sure it was like deeply ingrained into 4chan. Um, oh, okay. So they, already starting in a good place, right? Where they'd have threads where it was just like uh, they, they'd pick like a random GameStop across the country. Like, here's the phone number. Everyone call and ask for Battletoads. <laughs> that was it. That what? was the prank. Okay. Um, Battletoads on the NES and like trying to drive the store crazy. It was a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, now that there's a new Battletoads coming out, you can call and ask for Battletoads. I like the lot. art in yeah, that game. Um, yeah, yeah. Game Pass Ultimate. So this was, God, how many subscription services were announced? Three. It was this Ubisoft one. Had one. Ubisoft. Is there another one? Felt like there was one more, and I can't remember what it was. Anyways, um, it seems like the games industry is going headlong into Bethesda. game subscription models. Did Bethesda have one? Ryan. That's not a subscription model. That's a. Oh, that's it's a the, streaming. That's their streaming okay. mid- middleware. Never mind. So not three, I guess. A lot of indies are very concerned about what these subscription models mean for yeah. their revenue, it's, which is valid. 
Uh, Very much so. I mean, which is valid. Like, you don't need my permission to be concerned about it. Streaming movies and TV is kind of ruining the independent film industry. Spotify streaming is music killing, is ruining you know. the independent music industry. And, like, streaming games is, like, choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> You're just referencing that Spencer Hayes tweet. Yeah, I see you. I yeah, see you. You caught me. Shout out to Spencer Hayes. Shout out. It's a good tweet. It's uh, a good tweet. <laughs> um... But there's this Chris Charlotte quote that inspires a little bit of hope where uh, GameIndustry.biz interviewed him and he said specifically like, we don't want to put indies in a worse position than if they just sold their game outright. Like if they decided to be on Game Pass and they were making less money than if they were just doing direct sales on you know Xbox Live or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. on, on Windows or whatever, then that's not beneficial to them. And I feel like, and I I believe Chris Charlie when he says that, like, I know a lot of people don't like trusting business people at their word, but Chris Charlie seems like a, 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 you know, straight shooting talker. Sure. Stand up guy. Most most of the Microsoft uh, management seems that way. Most of those Microsoft folks. Most of them Microsoft peeps. Um, But yeah, I, I, I... it's very much a wait and see kind of mode. I mean, sure. I, I know, I know, some people are, are in the in the midst of making deals for Stadia and and Game Pass and all those kind of things, and we'll just have to see like what what it is. I mean, I don't know if they're like paying people up front. We know Epic is definitely paying people up front yeah. for like exclusivities and stuff, but mm. we'll have to see. We're gonna skip some of the stuff, um, and go straight to Double Fine. Got acquired. They did. It's probably fine. Um, the biggest shock of that was uh, Ooblets announcing, like, yeah, well, we can't do this partnership anymore and left. Did they say that? Their statement officially was, we announced we are no longer working with Double Fine and publishing with someone else instead. No, they said they're self-publishing. Self-publishing, that's right. Um, so... You just gotta read into that what you will. Um, I don't think it's anything super bad. Just like probably some conflicting interests, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, so when I interviewed Tim Schafer mm-hmm. with Khalif, he said that they're going to fulfill their current obligations with Double Fine Presents Partners. Mm-hmm. So that's Kids is already out. We have Samurai Gun Two. Right. You have Knights and Bikes. Um. Can't remember if there's anything. That's else. probably what's taking Samurai Gun Two so long. Now that you mention it, what that publishing deal? Oh well, yeah, they, I think they're just gonna—they're gonna take however long they want. Uh, sure, I guess. I don't think that's Double Fine's fault. No, but I'm wondering if like any of this transition has kind of shaken things up because like it was announced almost a year ago now, and like the first trailer was almost a year ago, and it's—I don't think it, I think I think the only thing that would change from like a uh from a double fine presents uh published game i think the only thing that would change for those devs is who signed the checks possibly fair I mean, enough. it's probably still greg rice is still pro- probably signing those checks I'm, I'm probably just drawing lots of conclusions because i'm very impatient for samurai gun 2 but when we talked to tim <laughs> i mean i asked him directly because a lot of people had this fear uh i, I know sam brought it up to me and mm-hmm. sam girl sam lotion can be very opinionated about <laughs> Things that affect indies. Yes. Uh, Rightly so. Well, anyways, um, I asked him, like, what what is the future of Double Fine Presents? 
and kind of also Day of the Devs. And he said his answer verbatim was Day of the Devs, like, will keep on existing the way it is. Uh, he said how Charla uses that a lot to like scope out games for ID at Xbox and like mm-hmm. a lot of games that start out at Day of the Devs, you'll later see on ID at Xbox or on the the Microsoft press conference stage. Like Dead Static Drive was on the Microsoft press conference stage and that was a Day of the Devs game originally. Nice. Um, but when it came to Double Fine Presents, it sounded like there wasn't much of a future for it. And the way he phrased it was, it doesn't make much sense for a publishing label to exist within another publishing label. Mm. Um, and I guess in that instance, the other publishing label would be Xbox Game Studios. Right. Not ID at Xbox because they're not within ID at Xbox. And I don't know. I mean, like, they put out some really cool games. Like, they they help support. I mean, I'm trying to remember, like, Escape Goat is, like, one that comes to mind. I mean, Kids just came out. Can't really remember a lot of other Double Fine Presents games. Can you? Like past ones? Oh gosh. Um yeah, off the top of my head. Oh, Gang Beast. Right. Gang Beast. Oh, okay. I forgot Gang Beast was a Double Fine Presents game. Nog? Oh my gosh, was that them? Everything. Uh Thoth. Nog. M- Nog Mount- and Thoth. Nog and Thoth. <laughs> uh Mountain. Which I guess was the first so guess David O'Reilly game. Yeah, they're working with David O'Reilly fairly closely. That's a good partnership. Yeah, at least it was. <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> and now it's ruined. But yeah, but the people that like, I don't know. I I, I hate when people kind of go like, "Oh, this is terrible. Like, this like, is a terrible thing." I'm yeah, like, I'm, I'm not so into doom saying either, but I understand the concern. Uh, truly, like that's that that's that can be worrisome. Uh, but what's the worry? Is the worry that like, hey, the kinds of games that. Double Fine was making weren't super financially viable. Is that the worry? More willing to sort of take risks. There's, it's one thing to have sort of a a a, a friendly faced corporation like Double Fine, which is led by very passionate, kind people, and Microsoft is a big faceless out like. But it's not faceless. numbers organization. Like, you like say I, that. No, but I mean, like <laughs> when people say that, they think Microsoft is still run by fucking Steve Ballmer. Like, you look at Satya Nadella, like, Satya Nadella and and Phil Spencer are not... They're better. They're not Steve Ballmer and they're not Don Matrick. Like, like it's it's not... Uh, Yeah, it's it's not... It's not one-to-one. Right. Look, I'm, I'm not saying Microsoft is permanently faceless, but I am saying they are more so than, say, like, Tim Schafer and his company, which would seem more friendly to more like like risky uh indie devs it's not like like when i think of like the perfect friendly faced company my mind like sort of immediately like draws to adult swim which is very much like uh we're gonna take huge risks and let artists create um and like you know and to an extent there's like also devolver digital tends to sort of run that gamut and xbox's microsoft has always sort of felt like well how much money is this gonna make more so than you know i don't know i feel like it's that's way it's becoming less and less the case i it think it might be i i don't I mean, know i think it definitely has been like i mean if you look at this entire console generation like my finger is not as heavily on the pulse of the business side of things as yours is so i'll, I'll defer to you for sure but i 100 percent understand the worry i mean if you look at if you look at ninja theory 
Obsidian, In Exile, now Double Fine, um, and a couple others. They bought the, uh, the We Happy Few, those devs. They bought those devs. Oh, yeah. It seems like they're very hands-off mm-hmm. with those. And I mean, obviously, Microsoft has had a bad history with like shutting down Lionhead, putting Rare on things like Connect Games, stuff of that sort. Yeah. But... Again, like that was that was a different Microsoft. You think they're growing out of it? That was that was a Microsoft in the peak Xbox 360 days, similar to Sony at the peak PS2 days, where it's like we are top dog, what we say goes. Fuck you guys, we know where the future is. Mm-hmm. And then the second they got their legs cut out from under them, they're like, well, shit, and they could do something what like the PS4 did and be very uh, mercenary in their, in their tactics is like, we got to spin shit up. Mm-hmm. We can't do this like custom cell architecture shit and we just have to build ourselves back up to prominence. And they did that, but you still get things like Shu Yoshida throwing no man's sky under the bus oh, and things yeah. like that. Like they should have done better. It's like, well, you were, that was a partnership, but ever since the Xbox division has been under the watch of Phil Spencer, which was like in the worst, like the lowest point in like recent memory, at least since the beginning of the Xbox 360 days, like Don Matrick screwed the pooch and then just like left <laughs> Phil Spencer out to dry. Mm-hmm. Like he had to build up that division and re-earn public trust, all that stuff. And I think like him acquiring all these studios, studios that like have been struggling for a long time just to, make them churn out whatever the next connect thing will be. I don't think that's the, the, that's the intent. I think the intent is like you guys make very innovative, original stuff, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you guys have problems finding publishers. Like look at that Tim Schafer interview. Like Tim Schafer was like, I spent every E3 before this point, just running around hunting for money. Yeah. That was my job. And now I can, I can relax a bit. I can calm down. I can, that's a positive game for Tim Schafer. I mean, it's... Yeah. I think I see your point. It's just... Uh, I think assuming... I also understand the worry. Sure. I just think assuming like big company big, therefore big company bad, seems... I don't know. Big companies can be bad. You know who <laughs> else can be bad? Individuals can be real shitty. Yeah. yeah so I if mean, a, that, if that's a, a shitty point. person is at the head of a big company... Then you got a problem. All right, I'm off. I'm taking my soapbox. I'm stepping off of it. I'm picking it up. I'm throwing it away. Okay, we're moving it on. All right, Fantasy Star Online Two. I'm gonna take three seconds and be real excited about Fantasy Star Online Two. Go ahead, <laughs> Fantasy Star Online Two. Uh, Fantasy Star Online One, greatest game of all time. Wow. Not- okay. Probably not really, but I liked it a lot. I played the hell out of it as a kid. Um, I had it on the GameCube. I still occasionally Same. There's, there's a there's a PC port and lots of like private servers people still run because it's one of the greatest games of all time. Um, and so I occasionally will like hop onto a private server and just like dick around and fancy start on- online. Just be like, yeah, yeah. And when two came out and was like Japan exclusive forever, I don't know, like three years after it came out, I remember trying to do fan translation patches and all that shit. Really, really trying to like get in there to see what it was like and like barely got it to work one evening 
then it like crapped on me and I was just like fine never again and I was like I guess I'll just never ever play it and now I'm really really freaking pumped to finally be able to play Fantasy Star Online 2 it should be I mean again not to go back not to grab my soapbox out of the <laughs> river that I just threw it into but Fantasy Star Online 2 serves no purpose to Microsoft than just to be like, hey, we love games. This is a game people have wanted for a long time. Here it is. Also, not Xbox exclusive. That's fair. Drop the mic. Yeah. Walk yeah. away. I'm real. I'm actually probably the most pumped about it ending up on the Switch eventually. That would be cool. Having an MMO on the Switch. Fuck yeah. Especially on Nintendo's very rock solid online infrastructure. <laughs> I mean. I, I I would assume it probably has a good local mode, like a like, I don't know for sure. We'll find out. Yeah, flight simulator. Uh, wow, actually, probably one of the best games they showed. Not um, only because they showed this, I think around the same time as they showed Age of Empires two, that definitive like edition. That? Yeah. So uh, there's apparently Microsoft is like resurrecting their PC division, like PC games division. Yeah, and seems like, like this is. These these two games are like part of that initiative. I I'm just I I love travel so much, and the thought of like being able to just fly a plane around lots of real locations around the earth and just like yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Just like coming home and and sitting down and and flying a plane for a little while. I'm real into that. I'm excited. It's coming out. I'm excited for the people who are excited. I'm never gonna play this game. Fair enough. I'm never gonna play this yeah. game. Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, also, very weirdly excited for this one. What if you took your Minecraft and you what put it in Diablo? I uh, yeah, like like you just all right yeah I'm sold. <laughs> um, and there was like the mechanic where like the the key to a locked door was like a monster that you had to like whack or, or chase down and like then carry yes, them on your very, back. Like the loot goblin or whatever it's called uh similar yeah and, and, it's, and it all carries like the cute minecraft aesthetic and um it, it was like at first it was like yeah okay this is cool and it's like also play at local co-op on your switch i'm like sold good yeah that'd be a great time yeah I'm, I'm really excited for that one that'd be cool um way to the woods alex was a game that you you seemed pretty stoked about because i guess you've been following it for a while anthony tran was 15 years old when he first started posting gifs of this game uh to like game dev subreddits in 2016 but when did he start posting gifs of this game uh never because that's not a word um so (laughs) yeah uh it's a it's um it's exciting just because he's so young and it's a very good looking game and uh, they announced he's got the Steven Universe music team working Ooh, on the soundtrack. That's cool. Yeah. So We are the deers in the woods. <laughs> we'll always eat this grass. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I honestly, that's kind of like a dream situation. And, and, and maybe this is like a living a little vicariously through someone else, but sure. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah. do it up, man. Uh, that's what happened with me in like Fight Night. Like I remember when Fight Night was was posting GIFs on Tumblr, and I was like, this is a cool looking game. And then you know you stumble upon them at like a Magfest or a Pax, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh wow, like this game still exists. Let's play it. Yeah, it's a big get for him, and he's again, he's like, he's probably 18 now, so excited. 
All right. So the Microsoft press conference, it ended on, man, I got so. So they start on this, this Halo Infinite thing, mm-hmm. which like, I'm super curious what the game is. There's all this like rumors. Oh, it's going to be like Skyrim. It's going to be like open-ended, you know, run around what? on the Halo. And they start with this trailer with this guy who is like in this derelict ship pelican type yeah, thing I, I think it's bigger than a pelican probably bigger than a pelican I, I think it's like an actual spaceship but he's like in it and like there's like limited resources food water power um he has like a little hologram message from like his wife and kid like it's very emotional i'm like yeah. oh this is awesome like this is this is some great storytelling it's this guy's trying to survive there's obviously something cataclysmic happened and then there's like a time lapse and he's still he's trying to it's like fucking cast away but on a yeah. fucking spaceship and then he hears a distress beacon he's like oh i'm gonna be saved and then he like runs up to like there's like a rear windshield to the spaceship and he like it's all fogged over and he wipes it and master chief is just floating out in space and i was like fuck like <laughs> you just can't let him go now it's just good. let john 117 Go, just let him let him die. Let him <laughs> keep floating through space. <laughs> just let him go, and this, then it just turns into this whole thing where like he tries to power him back up because like mm-hmm. his suit went to like low power mode, lockdown survival mode. Big like you know callback to like the beginning tutorial of any Halo game where it's like, all right, Chief, look up at the light, look down at the light, Chief. Right. I'm like, man, I don't want to fucking play as Master Chief anymore. So they do that. And tells me nothing about the game other than they say he's like, we lost. And he looks outside and like one of the halos got shattered. And I thought we had turned off all the halos by this point. I don't. Look, man, 343's got their own story and they're running with it. It's just. (laughs) I just uh, don't care. And I'm speaking as someone who has never finished a Halo game. So I can't like. All right, and but that, I'm really excited that that uh, Master Chief Collection's coming to PC. That's that's cool. fantastic. That's cool. To I'm finally gonna I think, get to play through. Well, I think all it's of already them. on PC. I think it's already out. What? Or I think they started with Reach. I think they're starting a beta. They're not. Nothing's out yet. Uh, uh, I would be on top of that. Uh, like now, so uh, I wouldn't be here, Dylan, if it was out on <laughs> PC right now. I'd be jacked in <laughs> to the Halo verse. Uh, yeah, and then they switch. They start talking about next gen hardware. Yeah, and so this is funny. <laughs> Talon's already shaking his head. Oh, jeez, he's got a, got a PC guy on my podcast. Can tell me about how this Project Scorpio sucks. <laughs> Scarlet, Project Scarlet, the new one. It's just... They're so fucking obsessed with their goddamn code names. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, But I have to laugh that they were like, we're going to see frame rates no one has ever seen before. <laughs> Unknown to man. Unknown to man. And then like the next like line is 120 FPS. I died. Whoa! <laughs> I was I started laughing so hard I almost fell out of my chair. Um uh yeah, so uh just just so uh uh for for reference, my computer currently does like 150 most of the time look at this guy pc master race over here and then like three days later at like the the pc gamer show they unveiled a new monitor that can do 250 fps so it was like what 
<laughs> I don't even give a shit. Like, who gives a shit about that high frame rate? Like, Dude, why does that matter? I do. The the thing is, the thing is, you don't go think away. you care. Just, no, I don't. No, I don't Dylan, care. Listen, I don't care about 4K either. Listen, Dylan. Listen, you don't. Resolution actually does not matter as much to me as frame rate. And listen, you don't think you care? I'll play on a fucking CRT 320 <laughs> resolution as long as that thing's kicking at like 200 FPS. I'm good. Yeah. Um, you don't think you care about frame rate until you see really high frame rates and suddenly you're like, well, now everything has to be wicked high frame rates. You get a kickback from like NVIDIA? Like, no. what's it going to take for me to get you inside this <laughs> RTX card right here? I mean, I got an RTX card. so I <laughs> They said nothing about this, this fucking console. They said like there's SSD in it. It's going to be more powerful. It's going to be more beefy. <sighs> it's going to be more strong. It's going to be super we have literally hit the point where there are like no like huge technological hurdles left in games that the only things we care about now are marginal returns on frame rate resolution and loading times and that's great yeah if that's all you have to sell me on fine that's fine and then your you know your exclusive software great give me a fucking name I don't give a shit about Project Scarlet. You know what they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing they fucking did with Scorpio. There's going to be a Project Scarlet edition of this next Xbox. Mm-hmm. It's just... They're, bad, they're code names. And they're not even interesting code names. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you like flash like the fucking RGB values on you like your fucking like, you the, know, fucking loading sign and you're for E3. Like no one... It's, the Project Scarlet one is going to have like a big red A. It's going to be... It's going to have a big it, red yeah. ring. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I would actually be very impressed if they like, like, had the balls to like invoke the Red Ring of Death iconography in any way. Oh, jeez! All right, I um, was very, I was very nonplussed at the end of that press conference. I was, it was, it was fine. It was, it was fine. Coming holiday twenty twenty. Yeah, they'll say the name next year. It's just dumb that I don't know. Bethesda. Are you excited for a battle royale in your Fallout 76, Dylan? No. No. Yeah, I, I didn't think I didn't think anyone was. I'm excited for Wastelanders, though. Oh, NPCs. I'm excited for people coming. So now back you're actually going to get some Fallout to Apple Fallout game. I don't yeah. know, man. I some, mean, some some of what you want in your I will say Fallout game. I have said that you're, I yeah. am a Fallout 76 apologist, and you know what? If you just want to wander around the Appalachian radiate radioactive wilderness, you can do that and sing country roads and sing country roads and uh, oh Shenandoah, you're a mighty river. We'll, we'll just keep eating into our time here. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I th- I think. I think they're they're still working on that game. It's a again the the trend of games as a service game starting out terrible and slowly building up to something good. Yeah, good shit. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo looks so good. But what they didn't show anything. They showed enough. They showed a cinematic teaser. I you know a, a cinematic teaser can give you inklings of story, little little sprinkles mm-hmm, of story, mm-hmm. and create an amazing imaginative sure. Like, and then they don't meet that imagination, and you're disappointed. I'm already just like I'm so open to whatever else they want to show me. You, I'm I'm sold. Do you honestly. like uh, Do you like Evil Within? Uh, yeah, it was alright. You like Resident Evil Four? 
Yeah, yeah. You like Shinji Mikami in general? And and I like Ikumi Nakamura. Ikumi Nakamura. God. VIP of E3. She's fantastic. What, what, a, a, what a great presenter. What Another a, great example of just someone with just like such genuine personality that's shown through. And I'm very excited that she's like spearheading yeah. this as opposed to just being an artist. Her She um, had very much the energy of that Sea of Solitude developer from last year. Yeah. The German woman. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, so yeah. Super excited for that. Commander Keen. I'm going to skip it. <laughs> let's Let's not talk about that one. I thought I was waiting for Commander Keen to finally come back and like we made Commander Keen a first person shooter. <laughs> Shoot some aliens in your backyard. It's Commander Keen. Blah, 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 blah. It's like finally the the id the id Blaskowitz trilogy of BJ, Commander Keen, and Doom Guy mm-hmm. finally have them all together. That's just not what I want. Because Commander Keen is what, canonically BJ's grandson? You know, I'm blanking. I think you're right, but I'm not. It's not coming to me whether or not that's truly correct or not. Because I think it might be. He might be like his grandfather. No, that's not true. Yeah, because Commander Keen's like near future. I know. It's like sci-fi-ish. Well, now it's uh instead of that being canon, it's uh BJ's got two twin daughters. You don't know. Commander Keen could be like the son of one of those daughters. Oh, fair. You don't um, know. You don't know. But also, Commander Keen has kids now himself. So we're just like. The the uh, the id family tree is weird. Doom guys <laughs> somewhere in there. He's <laughs> <Just> floating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So now BJ's got two uh, daughters. Um, and honestly, after uh, New Colossus kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, this looks real good. We're not gonna it's take it. it. No, we're gonna but take it. God. Um. Uh, yeah, this looks awesome though. Uh, uh, my my fiance is excited to play. I've been playing the Wolfenstein games for her because okay. uh, she's real into the story, um, but not real into the gameplay. Um, but this one, we were watching the trailer together, and she's like, "Yeah, let's play that." Like, you know, put that. And, on the list. and that's how you knew the, she was the one. Um, if there's any doubt left. <laughs> yeah, she's really excited for the co-op mode. She really likes the two characters, like the yeah. the one scene they got to play off of each other. Because most of the most of the cutscenes they showed them talking were just like, "We gotta get Dad back." And then there, there's the one at the end of the trailer where their their personalities actually kind of shown through a little sure. bit. And I forget exactly what happened, but it was real cute, and we were excited. And they showed stuff like that before, where they some of their like meat-headed vibes come in we're like <laughs> and then there's yeah. the daughter of, it. of um the other the the black woman freedom fighter mm-hmm. like her daughter is like a very uh studious like nerdy type and she's just like you guys are weird yeah <laughs> i like that um, um and i hear the game the game plays faster in this one yeah which is very exciting so i like it it's coming out soon it's next month oh my god i didn't even see that okay uh wow are you gonna get on switch are you nervous about getting that on Switch? Yeah. Um, might just do PC because... Higher, Probably a safe bet. Yeah, higher graphical fidelity. I hope it's local. Jesus, I didn't even check that. Uh, we'll figure it out. Deathloop. This looks so good, actually. By... Um, b- b- First of all, Arcane. it's Arcane, which Arcane. I'm autom- automatically sold on. Arcane Leon. Yeah. Which I forget what they were working on. Did they do Prey? I think they did. Okay. Yeah. Um. So like, I'm I'm automatically like on board 100. percent Um. And then like, the trailer is solid. It's pretty cool. It was a very fascinating concept. Uh. I love 
two people of color characters and two very similar situations with two very different perspectives on it. Um, yeah. That that was very interesting. I like I like a lot of what that trailer suggested and I'm I'm really excited to learn more. I'm very curious what it's I'm I'm like I'm pretty much sold on whatever it is because like even if it's only like a light immersive sin, that mm-hmm. would be cool. But is it like an asymmetric multiplayer one v one kind of thing? Do you is it like or is it single player story based, but you like switch between characters or do you like you choose at the beginning which character you want to play as i'd love for it to be like you can pick when you start up which one you're playing you have as. To do the whole thing and then there's like a story to get through um these are just like wild speculations but here's like what i think in my wildest dreams it would be where you pick a character at the very beginning you're trying to get through their story and their story involves constantly having to fight off the other character that's what it seemed to suggest. That other character is also played by another player mm. going through their story. Mm. And then That'd once be you cool. once you beat it, you can you can swap sides and see the other half, but like go through the same thing. It would also, also seem like there were some enemies, so it's not just yes. about fighting the player, but you're trying to They seem very like mindless. Yeah. Enemies. They look like zombie type things. It and would, you're constantly getting new powers and new guns. I'm like yeah, <laughs> I would be very interested in like an asymmetric style though. Like if like the woman, because like that trailer shows like the woman having the upper hand like at, for most of that trailer. Yeah, and then like the guy slowly like adapting and learning. It starts from to become her. more even. It would be very cool if that was introduced in some sort of mechanic. Like the the woman is much more like a bruiser or like almost like a big daddy s thing. So it's like when you see them at first, it's like fuck. Like, yeah, I gotta I gotta run. Um, I like the grindhouse aesthetic. Yeah, that's, that's good. cool. Some like uh, who's that? Um, the nowhere to want run in the trailer is good. Um, who's the uh the artist that you guys really like that like that Generation Zero game? Crib. Oh, Simon Stallenhog. Yeah, it it's has, got a very uh, Scandinavian sort yeah. of look to the landscape. It's, yeah, yeah, but also good. like that big turbine or right ring thing that seems like is it's plays very into the, Yeah, plays into the time loop. Um, Orion. I mean, we can go over this. I just think it's really cool that... Oh, this is why you said this is a streaming thing because I put streaming thing in here. Oh. Um, or is, was it not? No, I was I was confused thinking it was a subscription service. No. Oh, right, right. Um, no, it's like a streaming middleware. Gotcha. So apparently they're going to be middleware developers now. All right. Cool. I think it'd be cool. Like if I'm an indie dev and I don't know what the, the, the goes into the technology... Mm-hmm. And making something streamable like if this can just do it yeah if you I have mean, a middleware layer for unity and just does it that's cool doom eternal all right so i've got one very specific thought on this one i'm gonna start off by saying it looks good i'm really excited for the sequel to doom because doom was really really good the most recent reboot of doom uh i have one very specific issue that's just kind of weighing on me in that they're making doom guy feel a lot more human this time around yeah it seems a little goofier a, a little lot more colorful goofier. colorful um and i'm not saying like doom can be without goofiness there's definitely even like some moments of like slight goofy and the, the original goof. um well you got like the little doll and stuff right you know uh there's definitely stuff and uh um it's stuff like how in the very first one they make a big to-do about you being kind of like this faceless yeah. 
humanityless demigod murderer of demons. And it makes it very good for any sort of player to put themselves in in the Doom Slayer's shoes. And that's also another cool thing about it is they don't call you Doom Guy, they call you the Doom Slayer. It's very gender neutral. It's very Mm. open to any player. It's very... um, It's a great way to make that character better avatar for any player and to give your actions a sense of 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 like all like all powerful being um and that like you know you weren't human you were just an unstoppable force of pain and death for these poor demons poor poor demons um yes let us feel sad for (laughs) the legions of hell uh yes um and then this time around in this new trailer they've showed off uh he very clearly has like a male face underneath the helmet Wait, do they show it yeah oh okay. he's got some leds underneath his helmet now so you can see his eyes and they're very like angry doom guy eyes and uh he's grunting a lot and um that's really it but it is taking away a lot of the mystery and again i guess my biggest complaint is like it makes it a lot less gender neutral um which i thought was like a great step for the series to take uh and 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 it sort of undoes all of that so I don't know, um, and I really don't want that complaint to be read as though like I hate Doom Eternal now because I'm almost definitely still gonna play it and hopefully enjoy it. Um, I still need to play it first one. Oh man, you gotta! I own it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little, it's just bothering me a little bit. It's uh, yeah, it seems like they wanted to to characterize them more mm-hmm. than just being like, because I I love. I've said this before, but I love how the uh, the the id remake games are. Um, they know what they are, mm-hmm. and so there's. Be- go ahead. There's such great moments of Doom Slayer as not a character, um, as as just like a blank slate of 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 murder. Yeah, and they play into uh, that, how like, they, like, like playing off of other characters who are you know just yeah. like you know you don't talk much, do you? And like, <laughs> or how the know, Doom Slayer like doesn't care about like you know doing things gracefully or like taking the commands of others like breaking tvs and monitors and throwing screens out of the way and and uh uh, there's a great bit in the very first gameplay footage they released for doom eternal of like him walking through a lab full of scientists and like it's it's one of the few times he meets an actual other human characters it's just like this very wonderful hushed tone falls over the entire area and they're all like staring at you and then, like, you walk up to the one guy who hasn't noticed you yet, and like, because he's got the key card hanging around a chain on his, on like a lanyard, and you just like, without even acknowledging him, just like grab the lanyard and are like pulling him by the neck to like scan the key card on the door and then like drop it and then walk through the door. Yeah, yeah. I also saw that like there was like some guards, and one of the guards is like, "Hey, you can't come here." Oh, and then you just you. like take his gun from him. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. Like and and so that was sort of like what I was expecting from Doom Eternal and in this trailer we got lots of like grunting and and weird human noises and and less sort of animalistic than I than I sure. enjoyed than I preferred. Anyway, that's my Doom Eternal rant. Still probably going to be great, but November 22nd. November 22nd. All right, Devolver, is there I did not watch anything so from this. I spent a lot of time on the Devolver parking lot. 
very <laughs> cool place. I got harassed by the the older woman who was like the bouncer because she's like, "Who do you know here? Are you supposed to be here? Where's your pass?" Because I didn't have an E three pass. I'm like, "Oh." Uh, I was like, do you know anyone here? And I'm like, yeah, I know plenty of people here. She's like, all right, and then you're good. I'm like, you're a terrible bouncer. You're terrible. <laughs> like, I don't think you should be here. Oh, I think I should be here. Oh, okay, you could be here. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> uh. So um. All right. Let's see what I can get through here. First of all, just to give you a brief rundown of what their conference was, because you know they don't do like conference conference. They just have like a video that plays. Yeah. Uh. So this year, a continue- fake a fake conference. Right. Last year, um, oh God, what's her name? I don't know. Damn it, Devolver spokesperson Devolver lady spokesperson that I'm. I'm actually really upset. I'm forgetting her name. Devolver RoboCop. Yeah, the Devolver RoboCop. Uh, she like dies. Right. She shuts down at the end of the last episode. Um, and this one, the well, pl- no, they kill her, and then they do like the RoboCop scene of like, oh, we'll rebuild you. Right. Uh, so this one opens up with like them still trying to rebuild her, and it's like five minutes to E3, and they can't like do it. She's still broken. Um, it's like this new this new lady shows up, and she's like, "I'm going to be the new head of marketing now, and we're gonna we're gonna change things around here. We're gonna do things differently." And they're uh, <laughs> and the whole like skit is like, you know, I'm talking direct to consumer, like no no real press conference, just trailer after trailer after trailer so they do a devolver direct got it um and it's does she, all does, does she snap yes yes <laughs> all right i'm back on board and, and they and they do it all inside of the robot lady's head so there's like this underlying tone of like you know like like her brain's freaking out oh she's imagining like, it or something right yeah and and she keeps like smiling too much and she's like why am i smiling and like <laughs> If they're trying to, you know, make it really pleasant and che- and and cheesy, uh, for the sake of like parodying Nintendo. That's good. Um, and uh, so anyway, the games they showed off. Uh, they have a battle royale that instead of being like kill each other, is to get through like a Takeshi's Castle style game show, and what, be what the- is that? What is that? Okay. Oh, man, do you know like American Gladiator yeah. or Ninja Warrior? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a Japanese version of like one of those shows? E- yeah. Um, it was like a, an obstacle course full of inflatables and water slides. Sure. Okay. Lots of things that like... Adult double dare. Yeah. Um, like, like, like you'll get like sticks that like uh, like poke out of wa- uh, walls and right, like, try and, and push shove you, you off yeah. a platform into the water. So it's, ba- it's a battle royale where you're trying to get through this really long obstacle course with a hundred other players like pushing and shoving. It looks like gang beasts running an Oxford. that type of physics yeah the where they're all like wobbly and gummy and I'm like i'm just, that's great you know i i'm happy to see battle royales being pushed in exciting new directions uh so yeah that looks real good um they showed off carry on which seems all right oh yeah carry on yeah i um, saw people playing that mm-hmm. um they showed off uh the devolver bootleg collection which was made by the Gato Roboto guys. Um, they made that in two months. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually like bought it immediately, but still haven't played it. Haven't so. played Hotline Milwaukee? <laughs> haven't yet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it seems like a fun time. And um, they shut off one. Of, oh, the, the Gungeon Cabinet. Yeah. Which uh, It's a light gun game. $5,000 and shipping like 
two months from now. Almost worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there'd be one at the Devolver lot, and there wasn't. I guess they're just like not out of production yet if was, they're was, shipping in two months. kind of bummed. Yeah. Um, so I will say, so I mean, obviously... We got to petition the circuit to get one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, if I would petition to get a uh, Black Emperor <laughs> cabinet first. So obviously, I'm not a big fan of those Devolver press conferences. Like, I think the humor just doesn't land with me um but so the devolver lot if you don't know esa does not like devolver being at e3 so devolver does not have any presence on the show floor so what they do is that they buy out a parking lot like across the street from the la convention center and basically put up a bunch of tents and stalls and stuff and just let people come over and have food and drink beer and play some games um they had like a basically a trailer that you could go into that had like uh it was like the devolver museum and there was like a bunch of like tchotchkes and stuff from all these different games and there was like a playable version of like hotline miami and greece uh was was in there so i played some greece um and then there's a bathroom that's also like a trailer and i go in and it's like this very pristine like imagine like a very like a four-star restaurant bathroom where it's like nice tile everywhere like white walls all this stuff and above every urinal and like on the door of the bathroom stalls when you sit down there are framed screenshots of tweets of people complaining about how much the devolver <laughs> press conference sucked oh, yes. so i'm just standing there going to the bathroom and it says like this fucking knockoff Tim and Eric bullshit press conference is so dumb. Devolver should be ashamed of themselves. And I'm just standing there relieving myself reading this. And I'm like, all right. All right, Devolver. That's wonderful. You get this one. You won. You got it. <laughs> I respect you a little bit more now. I, I think, I mean, they're well aware that they're not hitting every mark, but they're doing what they love. And I respect it. It's uh, It's solid. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, just kind of highlights. Watch Dogs Legion looks very cool. Uh, Clint Hawking finally making a game since Far Cry 2. Suddenly a lot more excited. Yeah. He was the creative director on Far Cry 2. He is the creative hey. director on Watch Dogs Legions. I'm actually really excited for Watch Dogs Legions because I think there's a lot of really cool systemic potential. I'd like to see them that really carry that idea to its fullest. Yeah. Because I think um, that's their biggest selling point. I think that trailer is really good because it starts out with that very fucking like cockney sounding dude mm -hmm. who's like, this is our town, blah, 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 blah. And then they fucking gun him down in the street to let you know that that was not the main character. You have a fucking roster of people. Mm -hmm. I thought that was such a clever thing. I was like, okay, this is obviously like the base protagonists mm -hmm. like everything will inevitably like funnel back to this one dude because you have to have like one permanent cipher in the game yeah nope <laughs> dead thought it was great yeah I, that's pretty neat yeah um yeah and i can't think of a whole lot else they showed that was real exciting uh the roller derby game looked cool i heard that game is really good okay um i like the uh i like that john barenthal walked out with his dog that was cool sure I yeah. liked uh, Mac from Always Sunny coming out. Oh, yeah. And talking That's about... A, I'm kind of excited for that show. I'm a little bit too, but I just I don't think it's going to break the mold of like... I, 
Dude, it's going to be better than Grandma's Boy at the very least. Sure. Yeah, probably. Um, I know Eric... It's not hard to be better than Grandma's Boy, though, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> name me a better show or movie that's, like, that revolves around game developers. Mm, I can name books. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a little bit of it in Halt and Catch Fire, but not much. And yeah. I don't think they do it particularly great in there either. But uh, apparently Eric Pope, um, who is a, a community manager over at Ubisoft, was one of the people that was like a, a uh, consultation group for Rob Michaela Hamahali. Oh. I don't know how to pronounce McElany. it. McElany. Yeah. Um, for like this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I think the best part of the show so far is how he's playing this very egotistical designer. Yes. And then Warren Spector came out <laughs> and was like, I don't think this show is very funny. Oh I'm like, my god. Of course you don't, Warren Spector. <laughs> because you don't get the oh, joke. Oh no. Is on you. Jeez. I thought that was very good. I and very I, much like that. Man, as a Warren Spector fan, I feel uh feel called out. A little bit. <laughs> Field scene. Wow. Yeah, that's I guess it's fair. I'll 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 see it. I'll watch it. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. Um it was weird that it was on a fucking video game press conference yeah. stage though ubisoft it's weird yeah moving on square enix mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. stopped doing their direct that they did last year they had a like pre-roll thing yeah they just showed a bunch of trailers i think uh maybe quiet man just murdered that <laughs> idea so they're back on the back on a stage right um man there's a lot of fucking jrpgs there's a lot of jrpgs aren't there i i couldn't keep up oh what's the new name for the dragon quest Dragon Quest 11? Tales of an Elusive, elusive Age S. S remastered? No, 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 it's, no just, just, it's just the Switch port. It's a, bit, it's a bad name. It's a lot of, lot of words. Um, I have this FF7 remake here. I mean, being someone that's never played FF7, I'm marginally excited. Sure. Marvel's Avengers. Doesn't look... Well, hmm. I I'm not I'm mixed. I am kind of mixed. I'm and I'm not even like one of those people who's uh real upset about the designs, even though I think they're not great. I think Thor looks bad. I think Captain America looks bad. But I think the idea of like, you know, we have to make them different uh for the sake of like our own story, sure. our own universe. Like that, I'm fine with. I think the Avengers logo looks bad. Did they change the logo? They just made it more slanted. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's like how the Avengers logo for the movies is like maybe a 20 degree angle. This is mm-hmm. like 45. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, why'd hmm. you just like super italicize the font? That's weird. I don't know. Uh, so, I don't know. There's there's so many questions left for this. Like the behind closed doors demo was still just hands off. They were just showing stuff. So it starts out with like the core Avengers that you can play as, and then they're adding characters later. Okay. So like Hank Pym, hmm. not Scott Lang. Hank it's Hank Pym. Good wife beaten Hank Pym. God, Ugh. Jesus. <laughs> so it's Hank Pym. I it's because he's in. That like, was the, the trailer. best decision the MCU ever made, by the way. Just is dropping that. Is getting completely rid of that? letting. Yeah, Hank... you think so? Yeah. <laughs> They're PG thirteen movies, like not going super hard into like domestic abuse. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Miss Marvel 
is going to be like one of the future oh, cool. characters. And apparently the the voiceover at the beginning where it says like never meet your heroes is is Miss Marvel. Apparently Miss Marvel. Good. Um, so that fixed her character very well. I like it. There's uh, some implication that Miss Marvel might be the one that like makes the Avengers rejoin because there's like the huge thing with like how much do you know about Miss Marvel? Um, I know she's relatively new. Uh, yeah. Kamala Khan. She's got stretchy arms. She's got stretchy arms. She's Muslim, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's very much like a fanboy of all the other heroes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or fangirl, rather. Right. Uh, I don't know. That should be cool. Uh, there's still questions of like, what's the multiplayer look like? Do you make your own character? Right. Do you like it? There's loot, but what does the loot look like? It looks super on rails in that trailer, which might just be because it's a trailer. I think it was mostly a trailer because of that San Francisco, the Golden Gate Bridge scene where it's like Iron Man flying and then Hulk jumps down. Like, I think it had to be. But even if it was just for the trailer, I mean, the trailer didn't make it look all that fun, you know? Like, it's, it's, that's a problem to me that, I don't know. Again, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, because I don't think I I'm have optimistic. a whole lot. Because I don't think I'll have a whole lot else to say about it. I'll just go ahead and say I think the one Nintendo showed off looks a lot more fun. Oh, the Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that, that's <laughs> much more of a fan servicey game. Um, yeah, I guess. All right. Well, let's move on to Nintendo. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion Three. Gooigi. Gooigi. That they had to specify was edible. <laughs> <laughs> Will you ever be able to eat Gooigi in real life? To be fair, I think that's more no. of the press people because multiple people came up to the spokes people at... Like, at can the, you eat Gooigi? It was like, yes, right? Yes, you can eat them. <laughs> Gooigi's edible, everyone. It's very important to know this. Um, it looks fun. I'm more interested. Do Luigi and Gooigi share a soul? Because when you yes. summon Gooigi... You can only control one at a time. But Luigi like slumps over. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, what? What's ha- what's? I think that is what's, some, what's, some soul swapping. What's business going on there? over? Th- what what happened to Luigi? Why why is Luigi just like? Why was what happened to Luigi? <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, put his soul into some goo. Into some goo. <laughs> There's a lot of like. Someone was real thirsty when they were making this game because Luigi's sucking everything. He's farting. He's got an edible goo version of himself. I don't. I don't what he's got a burst what about you what about that makes you think oh someone's there's there's some fetishes (laughs) going on that are being like exercised in this game yeah deny that all you want i i won't deny that there are some fetishes that exist that fit within like what this game is presenting but do you think the person who designed all the game's mechanics has every single one of them at once yes because only (laughs) one person designed all of these game mechanics you know i just don't think i think it was like 12 like very very horny nintendo developers and they all clasped hands they had a summoning circle i don't think that's (laughs) make luigi suck make him fart but what if he had an edible goo version of himself? What if he could just grab you by the leg and smack you around in a bunch of things? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, that's put him a, in a small little compartment. Oh Jesus Christ! I, I you know, what? I'm not entertaining this anymore. Make Luigi, sure we bring the old guy back. Luigi's Mansion Three looks good. It looks like what if there were two Luigi's? Stop. <laughs> There's some good Dark Moon mechanics mixing in with the classic level romping of the first one that I'm I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Uh, 
uh, turns out doesn't have the same art style as Link Between Worlds. Uh, is totally sure? different. Are you sure? Yeah, it's I'm, pretty similar. I'm really, really sure. Uh, it's got it's pushing that toy aesthetic, mm-hmm. like made out of physical objects, very well. With yeah, the tilt shift and everything. They yeah. even had the physical model on the show floor that looked really pretty. Of Link, or? of of an entire level. Oh, okay. Did you not see that? No, I I walked by the the Mario and Sonic Olympic Games thing, which was like half of a track, and then look up. Link's Awakening E3 uh, diorama, I guess, would probably get you pictures Link's of it. Awakening. And then I walked a, by the Luigi's Mansion one, which had the Luigi Gooigi statues, and right. then a guy dressed up as a bellhop. Oh, nice! Who was letting people like into the actual like pop up hotel that they made? Like okay. it was, it was all like encapsulated, and he seemed not happy to be there. Aww, <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> he seemed very bored. Yeah. Well. God, it's like a week to do that entire day. I can understand, kind of. Um, oh, okay. So it's like a little miniature set thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it's like something you walked around in. No, no. It was like a you got to see the whole thing in miniature. It was very cute. Um, all the pictures were adorable. Are you going to get that Amiibo? Um, so I'm actually not sure if I... So You're going to get that Amiibo. What probably. You, I, what are you stalling for? I, I told myself very recently that I was committed to completing my Smash set and then stopping the Amiibo buying. Forever? Uh, mostly. Unless there's more Smash Ow. Amiibo. Wow. I just want to complete Smash set because I'm so close to that, actually. Um, but yeah, that Link looks real cute. I kind of want it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got a fucking Dungeon Maker. It's not as robust as I would like, but... yeah. I feel like it's a test to see if people really enjoy it and they'll make one. And Aonuma had said, is Aonuma spearheading this one? I think he's doing the other thing. He might be doing both, but Um, I don't know. Um, Someone had said that, uh, you know, like someone asked him, like, is there a Zelda dungeon maker coming in like the same vein as Mario maker? And he's like, it's a possibility, you know, like didn't shoot it down. Sure. Which was, I wonder how would you, how you would do that though. Like, could you do like different tile sets? Like, here's Zelda one, here's Zelda two, here's Link's Awakening, here's Link Finish Between Cap Worlds, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, no one cares about that. Game. Oh God, man, it's one of the best ones. <laughs> All those Capcom Zeldas, so good. Capcom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm super stoked for that. Still, I I I Link's Awakening on the Game Boy Color. Uh, was a very pivotal game in my childhood and i very moved seeing screenshots and video footage of it on the yeah. show floor and very excited to see it i'm excited to play, play it yeah. i mean like similar to final fantasy 7 like it's a game i've never played and i would like to, to play it for the first time yeah um and if it's got like better you know quality of life improvements then i don't have to deal with a game boy version <laughs> that'd yeah. be great yeah no more heroes 3 uh man an actual sequel not the Travis Strikes Back thing. Right. I think No More Heroes is a good series that no one has ever played. So um, Grasshopper? Yeah, Suda51. Okay. Um, man. I uh, already had, gave a long nerd spiel about Travis being one of the greatest characters in video <laughs> games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was a No More Heroes game because they conceal his face at the beginning of that trailer. 
Right. He well, like, they gave him like a beard and everything. Right. But it's like, like they made he, him look like not Travis. You don't immediately know it's Travis. Right. But he walks outside and he looks up and there's like spaceships or something. And he's like, what is this? The Empire Strikes Back or something? He says, I was like, like, is the Empire striking back? And, and, I, was, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is No More Heroes. Like, yeah. That could, <laughs> that could only be a line. That could only be fucking Travis. <laughs> uttered. Was it Travis Touchdown? Yeah. His last name? Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is could only be God written for a No More Heroes <laughs> what game. What a goddamn nerd. <laughs> Another uh, series I've never played. So It's, uh, it's so quality. Can't like, wait to jerk off with my lightsaber right tonight. yeah the biggest selling point for me was like the motion controls are back and i'm like yes <laughs> oh in this one yeah great it was like that's that's such a good good aspect of the first one and um yeah i'm i'm, I'm stoked it'd be cool pokemon tell me about dexit <laughs> let's talk about dexit um i so we we've had this talk mm-hmm. about Pokemon not not having lived up to expectations for a good while. Yes, uh, for both of us, we've had this issue. Um, in that sense, I have sort of felt uh, a sort of decline, um, or or a a point will come where people will sort of start to realize that Game Freak is a little too far up their own ass. <laughs> To understand, let's just say long in the tooth a bit, like yeah, um, a little bit sort of like grumpy old man. We're like, we know what we're doing. We're game freak, and um, not paying attention to really what their fans want. Uh, I mean, which to I think also we need to realize that this game is for children first and foremost. Mm. Like this is a kids first RPG. Yeah, and I think we. I think and we've said older that too. Pokemon fans have had problems with accepting that. I guess. But it, it does feel uh awful anyway to to sort of be sure given this uh this this whole sh- <sighs> what do I call it? It's just it feels like they're not treating old fans with respect anyway, and that's something that you should at least try to do. Um I mean, I don't know. That statements like that like that kind of thinking kind of always runs the risk of like you know as much as we have enjoyed these games in the past these are not our games like they are the developers like they ultimately have final say and i mean like and if yeah if we don't like it or agree with it like that's fine like it's there's been i think a wave of anti-pokemon sentiment or anti like game freak sentiment sort of pulling from the shores very very slowly over like the past year or so maybe i mean i just i've never gotten the impression that they're they're stubborn i just think like and it was just like this was the last step before it really starts to crash over them so dexit if you don't know game freak announced that uh, Teresa may has said (laughs) that uh the national pokedex is dead this is such a great pun too given that it's a a britain themed locale it's just a, a wonderful work of the the, the fan community yeah, gold stars for everyone um, yeah um is uh they have announced that not every pokemon will be available in pokemon sword and shield and this is not just a they aren't in the region but in a you will not be able to transfer them to the game in any way right um because there is way too many pokemon to make you know models for animations for 
move sets for all of that, which makes total sense. I well, in the sec- hey, it's a lot of Pokemon, man. It makes sense, except for the fact that a lot of the Pokemon they showed off that are from older games are using their same animations. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I there might make, be some ups- the games. There might be some upscaling required for for putting on the Switch, but I don't think it's a lot considering that the hot models were really high quality already on the 3DS, enough to cause massive frame rate drops whenever a battle happened. I don't know. I'm not going to make assumptions about what their pipeline is or how much work it would take. And you're right. I shouldn't. But I understand uh, uh, the frustration. It's... um, Sure. Like, I mean, like, how can you catch them all? I feel like if you made the art of a similar quality to the rest of, like, the 3DS models, no one would notice. It's, um, It's not so much, like quality of art in games is not uh it's not about um being of like a certain high quality or a certain low quality it's making sure everything is of a consistently similar quality and uh, there's already issues of that people are like pointing out really bad textures on trees and on the grass that you can see like blurry and and uh and there's just also things coming to light where people are realizing that past pokemon games you know it's sort of opening a floodgate of people going like, wait a minute, this past Pokemon game really wasn't all that great either. And like, they're sort of starting to realize that Game Freak um, are not the most technically proficient sure, among I, other studios. I'm and just, I don't want to say things like that, but there is a grain of truth to it. Yeah. I just, I want to be, I would be cautious with that because I would, feel terrible of making a dev feel like they're i mean it's a lot of work and they like yeah, it's a lot of absolutely. support like making all like they have the pokemon home thing now and that's supposed to house all your pokemon like it just it seems like a lot it's just stuff like um like like someone uh cracked open the game and found out that there was just like encryption running at every single stage during mm. like a battle that would like made no sense right yeah i remember hearing about that and and it's uh it, it's stuff like you know they're they're I'm sure Game Freak is is a wonderful company with wonderful people, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm attacking them outright. It's just I also I can feel the frustration myself, not just yeah coming off of everyone else, but yeah. I mean, for me, it's like they're still like I don't like the Dynamax stuff. Like it's cool, it's it's funny, but it's not doesn't add anything to it. Like I, it's Mega evolutions were amazing, and they're they're not there, and they're never coming back. Um, and it's yeah well, i don't know if they're never coming back they're just well, not in this game well they weren't in the last game either they were in sun and moon that one was z moves they keep adding they keep well, coming up with a new gimmick instead that's, of, the, that's the problem like it, yeah. like the problem there is the gimmicks like i wish they would revamp just the core combat and not try to introduce new gimmicks um like what final fantasy 7 is doing yeah people are understanding that like jrpgs eh, i'm not saying there's no place for them but they need new ideas. No place for him. <laughs> Justin Mitchell. Sorry, no Justin. place for him. Get the hell out. No um, place for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, Undertale could come up with something. You guys can come up with something. Like, yeah. do it up. Um, yeah. Fix it up. Do your thing. Fix uh, it up. Pump it up. Burn it up. Dance contest. Uh, all right. So that's the Pokemon rant. Is that like the Pokemon rap? But over a hundred and fifty complaints to file. <laughs> These are all the problems I have with the thing. It's just it's funny to see the entire Pokemon communities that I hang out around Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. Everyone universally 
be so angry all of a sudden be so angry at a at a franchise that everyone loved and it's just like it's all coming crashing down and i don't you know time will tell if that actually hurts sales figures and gets game freak to reconsider anything but it's it's still like wow you know now you can buy both games together <sighs> in one box for a ten dollar discount that cracked me up it was like okay we've totally abandoned the whole idea of like oh trade with your friends like have friends that get the other cartridge to right. like also those legendaries look stupid they do they look dumb i'm sorry they, they look, look stupid. awful uh moving on yeah animal crossing looks amazing has a title new, new horizons, horizons. You're going. To Tom Nook drops you off on a deserted island. What figure a, it out. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's not actually that. Uh, you purchase a vacation package from Tom Nook. And yeah, then, but it's still an abandoned island. Yeah, yeah, that won't be so bad. I guess. In Animal Crossing World would be pretty nice, actually. Yeah, because I mean, you just chop down a tree with three swings, and then yeah. you have a house. It's nice. Uh, he gets you a tent, gets you a radio, lantern, a cot. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. The and, basic uh, Maslow's hierarchy needs. You only need and that he bottom gives part. Gives you a smartphone, <laughs> a Nook phone. Yeah, I I read a, a a scathing hot take on Twitter the other day that was just like uh, Tom Nook giving you a house of his own, like like goodwill, teaching you to be a part of the community, you know, to to earn money and letting you create your own pay as you go plan is the exact opposite of a greedy capitalist. Was this Zalavier Nelson? I don't think it was. Okay, because he has had a similar stance okay. on Mr. Nook. Yeah, like everyone makes these 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 wild allegations against Mr. Nook, and and really, when you think about it, it's a nice guy. He's raising his kids. He's doing a good job. Those are his nephews. Nephews. Wait, are they? I thought Timmy and Tommy were his nephews. You know, maybe I'm not as brushed up on my Animal Crossing lore as I should be. Well, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing on this podcast, <laughs> Timmy and Tommy? Oh, God, no. Timmy and the Lords of the... That's not Timmy and Tommy. Nook. <laughs> Nook. Is there Timmy and Tommy Nook Amiibo? Yes. Oh, shit. Is. Totally is. Timmy and... They are rumored to be his sons or his nephews. Okay. But we don't know. Mm, yes, unrelated. He's and raising if, them either way. And if it's unconfirmed in the Animal Crossing wiki, what other source <laughs> could we go to? Um, I found out recently that this is actually being led by the Splatoon team. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's that. It's that. Someone had a really cool chart of like Nintendo's internal development teams, and um, Splatoon folks are currently working on. Uh, uh, New Horizons now that Splatoon 2 is sort of the final Splatfest. That's real cool, man. I, I, you know, so in Splatoon 1, they ended with uh, it was uh, Callie versus Mary, which were the two idol characters. Sure. So everyone thought the last one was going to be like Pearl versus Marina. Um, and no, it's Chaos versus Order. <laughs> Do you succumb to the Lord or will you punish in the fire? Like, is there- <laughs> shaking my head it's uh it's a, uh, it's crazy i love it um uh anyway yeah uh it looks really pretty it looks like a good time i'm super stoked to have new animal neighbors to to give gifts to all these other stranded 
purchasers of Tom Nook's travel package? I guess so. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, it looks real pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm psyched. I want to say mm-hmm. that I called it. Yeah. The Animal Crossing would be delayed. And it is, in fact, delayed. It is. And uh, the reason for that, apparently, Doug Bowser came out and said that they don't want to crunch the developers and they want to make a good game. That's and right. And so they're going to bring it. They're going to bring the game out when it's ready. And you know what? I respect that. Good job, Nintendo. Good job. Um, also, Mr. Rossetti is looking for a job. Because there's, there's auto-saving now. Can you please help Mr. Rossetti <laughs> find a job? <laughs> Donate to his Patreon. His GoFundMe. He's got... <laughs> I need help. Give me a job. I need money. Got health insurance to pay for. <laughs> oh no! Um, all right, a so, man like that must have a heart condition. Like he's just got a <laughs> just an aneurysm ready to blow. So this direct starts with um, some more JRPG nonsense. Uh, they unveiled the a new Smash character, the the hero, which I guess is what because he doesn't have a name. Does you name the character yourself? I guess. Yeah. There's no default name. No, nope. like Link. Okay. So you the the character. The new Smash character is the hero from Dragon Quest um, coming this summer. He, You can play one of five different versions mm-hmm. from five different Dragon Quest They're entries. all different skins, yeah. yeah. Which um, is pretty and cool. frankly, if you don't play as the pirate boy with a hamster friend, uh, what's wrong with you? Yes, if you don't play as uh, One Piece with Hamtaro, you are fucking up. What are you doing? Apparently. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> also... Everyone that asked for Goku to be in Smash, here yeah, you, here you, you go. go. Yeah, here you this go. is what you get. It's fine. Done. You got Ryu. You got the hero. You just, you're fine. Just be happy. Yeah. Just be happy for <laughs> once, Smash players. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, all right, cool. New new yes. anime sword boy. I'm fine with it. Lights dim down. Screen goes dark. We then get a couple uh, cuts of of different characters in smash fighting mm-hmm. one another you get you get mario and bowser you get you get star fox and 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 i was about to say ridley no this was this was a, a a this was the same sequence they used to announce king k rule to show how everyone else had their villains appearing this time exactly. around exactly we got ridley um and then uh it the show it goes back to that scene where it's it's dk and Diddy sleeping in their in their house on DK King Island. King K. Rool is with them. And King K. Rool is, is with them. And then they hear a noise outside and they look outside and it's uh holy shit, what is that? That's a silhouette of like a bird and a, and a bear of some sort. And it's like Oh my god. Oh, it's Duck Hunt. It's Duck Hunt. Those Duck. motherfuckers. And then <laughs> from the heavens descends a bird <laughs> and a bear. <laughs> And they land on Duck Hunts and knock him out of the way. Banjo-Kazooie's in Smash, ladies and gentlemen. I can't fucking called it. (laughs) Not only did I call that Banjo was going to be here, I also called that there would be a direct reference to Duck Hunt. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. There was uh, some great, great reactions to that. I love... I was literally arm pumping in my <laughs> Airbnb, and and Anya was just like, "Look, because we watched the direct together, and she yeah. was just like, what? It's, just, it's a bear. Like, what uh, are you? there was a, 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 a actually a fairly famous Smash coach. Oh yeah, I forgot who about promised this. Promised an hour of coaching for everyone who retweeted a tweet that said, you know, if there's Banjo Kazooie's in this, in the like gets announced, they'll give an hour of free Smash coaching to everyone who retweets this. 
if you ever want to see someone's soul die like in, in real time go find that tweet thread there's enough people who retweeted it uh and like he doesn't even he's not counting the people who retweeted it after the announcement which how do you track that um is there he, a, like has a number is there a timestamp to but but you have to find the specific people Jeez. Yeah. So that's a logistical nightmare. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it worked out to be like 36 years if you just did it nonstop. <laughs> it's never. <laughs> you don't tempt fate like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> what are you doing? So he's like still trying to figure out how exactly he's going to do that, apparently. <laughs> um, he's got to do like group sessions. Yeah, I guess that's so what like it's got to be. Player smash. Like, all right, everyone get into a everyone get into an arena. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to. Oh my god. So, uh yeah, Banjo Kazooie is in Smash. That's exciting. That's real exciting. That's a good that's a good pull. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh I like that so far every DLC character has been uh like from a brand new franchise that we haven't had anyone yeah. from yet. Um well, except Piranha Plant. But he's not one of the Fighter Pass characters. He's just freebie. He was a freebie. Oh, well, freebie if you bought it before a certain point. Sure. But Technicality. But he didn't count as one of the 5. Sure. So, so we have uh, Joker, right. we Hero, got some anime boys, and then no three anime boys, <laughs> uh, and then Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. Uh, his move set looks cool. It does. Like his smacks oh, his bird on the ground. He, yeah, another fucker with a sword. <laughs> um, he's got uh, his uppy is like the little jump pads from the game. Mm-hmm. He shoots up in the air, and uh, when he runs super fast, he switches to Kazooie. Right, and Kazooie runs and holds Banjo on his on he tosses his grenades out. Um, yeah, Kazooie shoots eggs right out of her mouth. What is the feather thing? There was like a feather gauge in one clip where like Kazooie can like rush forward. It was almost like a Ganondorf kick. I don't know. Yeah, it was I, like I haven't played enough Banjo Kazooie to tell you. Shame. Shame. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I know. Um, I think his uh, design looks great. His yeah. design is so. His animations are recreated very faithfully. Yeah, he looks. I mean, that's that's a big thing about Smash Brothers that they're very faithful to the original properties. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. It was a great way to end the press conferences. Very excited. Super good. Um. Uh. Well, they didn't end it on that though, Dylan. Oh right. <laughs> no, they did. <laughs> Dude, nothing else happened. I closed my laptop. Uh, so this was a pretty big deal. Dylan, have you played Breath of the Wild? I hear it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I um, hear people compare. I've it heard to, it's the greatest game of all time. I hear it's the uh, Studio Ghibli of video games. Yeah, more than that Studio Ghibli video game. So uh, don't like Nino Kuni. Uh, I I was actually very much with uh, Will Blanton in that. Um, Breath of the Wild nailed the aesthetic better than Nino Kuni did. Mm-hmm. Despite Nino Kuni being the Ghibli game, like Breath of the Wild got the mood. Ah, uh, uh, so Ghibli, please. Um, right. uh, so uh, yeah, you like uh, you like Breath of the Wild. Um, you ever wondered what like you ever wonder what Ganon's up to? You mean Ganondorf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'd be curious. I wonder. You think he's thirsty? Man, he's real dry. You think he needs to be like hydrated? The man has lived in a desert for probably most of his life. And right, now he's, right. Now he's, I don't know, maybe some kind of mummy yeah. somewhere. The Thief King thirsts. <laughs> we should we should get Ganon some water. We, we should. should make him hydrated. Hydrated Ganondorf. Moist Ganon. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exciting. 
There's a brand new Breath of the Wild sequel. The direct sequel. Direct sequel. Which they haven't done since what? Uh, Spirit Tracks? So actually, Spirit Tracks is not a direct sequel to Phantom Hourglass, but Phantom Hourglass is a direct sequel to Wind Waker. What about Minish Cap? That is not related. It's the same art style, but it's not... It's okay. like a separate timeline. Okay. I think Capcom just saw Wind Waker and was like, we won't make it look like that. But it's I like no, that. But something else. Um, Majora's Mask, kind of, to Ocarina of Time. Kind of. Yeah. I and, don't think it's going to be Majora's uh, Mask-esque, though. I'm curious if it's the same world, because the, the, it shows uh, Link and Zelda going like into a crypt mm-hmm. under Hyrule Castle. It is the same exact world. Like You don't think they're going to change it at all? Oh, 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 no. I think because That's what I'm asking. at the end of that trailer, it shows like, okay, that something happened with Ganon, all this evil erupted again. It's going to like, it's going to make a new map, I think. Yeah. Is what they're going to do. Um, and that map, it's called Termina. No. <laughs> I do like the sort of parallel of how Ocarina of Time went into Morjora's mask. Morjora. Morjora. Yeah. Um, how uh, it sort of went from you know the classic story to a much darker story, and and this one we're sort of getting that similar feel, just like here's the original. Now it's gonna get dark, spooky. Um, you think you think that's what they're gonna go for? It's what the trailer seemed to hint at. Uh, gosh, you got me thinking. If there's any other like direct sequels in Legend of Zelda, I feel Zelda like two Zelda two probably. Yeah, I mean it's called Zelda two, right? Um, I mean, yeah. link, link Between Worlds. Look, I love me some Breath of the Wild. I'll play Breath of the Wild again in a new map. Oh, that was the thing. Like, I saw the, the trailer, and I was like, oh, shit, Breath of the Wild 1 DLC. I'll play that. Like, I'll play some more shrines, and then it was like, the sequel to Breath of the Wild is currently in development. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool, too. I'll do I'll that. Play that. I'll yeah. play that. I, I, I like the fact that... um. They said the reason they're making it is just because they had straight up too many ideas for DLC. And they're just like, all right, well, we'll just make it over again and make it all like new. Every couple months or so, because I played Breath of the Wild on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Every couple months, I'm like, I should rebuy this game and play it on Switch. And I don't pull the trigger. And I'm like, I should just wait for this game to come out and play that one on Switch. <laughs> Which is what? At least three years away. Say two. You think so? Yeah. Breath of the Wild came out what, twenty seventeen? Yeah. It might be twenty twenty. No. No. Late twenty holiday twenty twenty, you don't mm, think? No, I'm, you know what? The only thing they should I'd say maybe early twenty twenty one. Better question. What comes out first? This or Metroid Prime four? Oh, this. You think so? Yes. I think by the time you're showing off a we're working on this trailer. You've done enough work to be like confident That's that fair. it's that it's on a track. Metroid Prime Four started over not too long ago. So, like what a year? It's been a year so far. I think it's been a year. It's been like half a year. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, somewhere between one year and six months. Uh, and you and that's official. Don't fact check that. Just trust us. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think I think this one's coming out before that. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, that's exciting. I give me an Odyssey too as well. Fuck, I'll play. Yeah, I want more 3D Mario's. Oh, just give me that. Just give me that. Well, Fuck 2D Mario. Hey, wow, give me 3D whoa, Mario. Hey, wow, wow. This is Spurs. <laughs> the Mario Maker Two. It's gonna be good. 
Oh, gonna... I actually probably will get Mario Maker 2. Yeah. I, I kind of like making levels anyway, even if I don't enjoy playing them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, that was everything that happened at E3. Everything. We didn't miss anything. Yeah, That was every single thing that was announced. There was a PC gaming show. It's fine. We don't even talk about that. Um, I saw Felicia Day. She was oh, walk- she's still there? She was walking in front of me Okay, at the Microsoft thing. That was interesting. Neat. She's a very petite woman. Really? Yes, she's like five three. Oh, she's very very short. Okay. Um, yeah, E three is cool. Uh, if you want to check out any of our stuff, check out all the interviews we had uh, the episode before this. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff. I think the the a lot of cool games coming out. Industries in an interesting place. I have no idea what the future of E three is though. They posted the dates. They're like, see you in 2020. Yeah. I don't think it's dying. It's just going to change a lot. Yeah, it might be more public-facing. It'd just be very weird if it's more public-facing than it is now. Because, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people make that their their big event of the year. Like yeah. Some people miss PAX. Some people miss GDC. And it would be, be weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we made it with time to spare. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't think so. Yes. Yeah, so, Alex, is Breath of the Wild, you think, your favorite thing coming out of E3? Uh, all right. Let's see if I can get a quick ranking here. Uh, I'm going to say we're going we're gonna to put Breath of the Wild 2 at top, yeah. Uh, probably Ghostwatch Tokyo. Ghostwire. Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. You can tell it's a great title because everyone messes it up. Sorry. Um, no, you're not the only one. Trust me. <laughs> I'm going to say Ghostwire Tokyo second. Um, Banjo-Kazooie third. Okay. Um, Deathloop fourth. Yeah. Um... Commander Keen. Flight Simulator, fifth. Minecraft Dungeons, sixth. Are we, do you, how many deep are you going? All of them. <laughs> rank everything. Off the top of my head. Um, yeah, we'll stop there. <laughs> I'm excited for Outer Worlds. I think that's kind of like my big thing just because I'm such a big Bethesda RPG fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, of course. Thanks for, and thank you, audience, for joining us and uh especially thanks to cleef adams mm-hmm. for collaborating with us for all of our e3 stuff definitely check out the spawn on me feed for everything we did you can also find it on youtube on the spawn me podcast youtube channel yeah. and um also on the spawn on me twitch account alex yeah where can people find you at g-h-o-d-a-n underscore on twitter that's at godan uh and you know if you see me on the street because you obviously know my face from all this podcast. Yeah, nice friendly wave. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, um, and you can find me at Dylan Vento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts. You can find them at ward-games.com or at our new URL wardcast.com or on Twitter at Ward Video Games or anywhere you listen to a podcast. Just search Wardcast. Give us a review. We appreciate it dearly. Uh, try to try to get a lot of cool talks 
out for you. We got a lot of um, guests lined up. I'm scheduling with people. Going to get some more guest interviews on the show and hopefully get the rest of the couch back for the next local roundtable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until next time, Alex. We out. We out.